There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is plushcare. PlushCare is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. I don't like blood and guts But I love them when they're lengthily discussed This is the With Gorley and Russ podcast. Why do I always start? I just thought about that. Paul, if you ever want to start, you just push me aside and start this show. Never, ever. And it's never even, that's so crazy. That's never even crossed my mind before. It just crossed mine after three years? No, well, if we look at these, I've never looked at the podcast uh, before as a a road trip, but I think it's a pretty good analogy because it's lengthy and it's just sort of like two buddies talking. (laughs) Uh, that just means when we hop in the car, I just automatically assume you're at the wheel and I'm going to mm. be in the driver's seat. Maybe when we take a pee break, sometimes I'll take the wheel. But but, we do yeah. take a lot of pit stop pee yeah. breaks. And it's yeah. probably only because I just tend to get car sick. I don't need to drive. So if you ever <laughs> want to drive, here are the keys. No, uh, oh. <laughs> so I hesitate to drive, but... This is with Gorley and oh, Rust. Oh, yes. And, this, uh, and I'm Paul Rust. And you're Matt Gorley. Take it, buddy. Take it. And uh, <laughs> crash <laughs> off oh, a bridge into I the water. I fucking knew it. <laughs> oh, you know what? I To give uh, just me credit. Yeah. I'm not just hanging out in the driver's seat. I think... Um, with my eye sometimes on the outline of the how the of the movie goes, maybe yeah. I'm holding the map. Oh, you're navigating. Yeah, okay. I like this. Okay, and you're, but you're behind the wheel. That is true because you actually keep us. You you walk us through the beats of the movie. Oh, this is nice. I feel better about it because I was just it occurred to me that I always do start this and that like I don't want to take the reins of this thing. This is a this is a team effort. But they, there must have been a reason. I'm so at ease with it. This is funny that we opened it, but this way. It's good. It's good. It's good. <laughs> well, you got the map. I got the keys. Let's make lots of podcasts. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, for people who are just uh, joining us because maybe they're big, deep blue sea heads, uh, this is uh, the uh, With Gorley and Russ podcast where we, it's a, a cozy, long form, mm-hmm. easy listening podcast about 
those scary, scary horror movies and thrillers and no oh boy. Oh boy. And this, this season, especially we do these little season batches with breaks in between it's shark weeks uh-huh. and we're just knee deep in the middle of knee sharks deep in the yeah. bay oh right next God. to the beach. Oh. But before we get into that kind of thrilling news, yeah. there's a different kind of thrilling news Uh-oh. and it was announced uh, upon social media a couple of days. So it is now safe to talk about on our <laughs> podcast but i've known for months you have you've known as early as virtually anyone especially even my wife when i told my wife this news she was really excited but i long (laughs) just a few days after told you (laughs) well please uh i'd love for you to more than ever you're at the wheel here you gotta share this news buddy uh, Paul, I'm joining the ranks of of d- dadhood here. Amanda and I are going to have a baby. Oh my goodness! I was joking when I said I let her know. Of course, she let me know. <laughs> That's a funny joke. Uh, that is great news. I feel Congrats. especially happy, and I was excited to tell you and to talk about it with you on this podcast because I've said this before, but in you seem like a type of a fatherly role model to me and you have this wonderful daughter and I'm just following in your footsteps. I'm very excited and we're not long out by the time you hear this, depending on whether you're a Patreon or a free listener, it's just over a month away. We've, we've kept it close to the chest for quite a while. I'm not (laughs) sure why, but well, uh, that's a kind thing for you to say, uh, but it's all my daughter. And for you, it's a kind thing to say, because this is your glory, man. This is you. You're having a kid. It is so great. And for you, in a, such a gorly esque way, to turn it into a compliment about me being a dad. Come well, on, well, it's true. Come on, it's but true. Uh, no, this is so exciting. And like you just sort of uh, suggested here, it's a, uh, it's coming up soon. So you'll get to have. Oh my gosh, you're going to be watching the Halloween movie, the new yes. Halloween movie with your. Uh, your daughter. Don't think I haven't thought about that already. <gasps> and Amanda and I have had joking conversations about like, I'm I'm there 100. percent But when is there these two hour slots where I get out to see No Time to Die and Halloween Kills? <laughs> oh my god! Or and if anything, she's like, how are you? How are you going to figure this out? She's behind it. You yes, know? she's great. Because yeah, uh, otherwise, yeah, yeah. I already don't really leave the house, so it's not going to be right. a stretch for me to want to stay home with this <laughs> new addition to the family. What if you did sort of like a, a old sitcom esque plot line where you go to both movies at once and you have to change outfits? <laughs> <laughs> Between No Time to Die and, and the new Halloween movie. <laughs> you go from your Halloween shirt to your uh, James And Bond I have to like try shirt. to predict which are the boring parts to switch into. <gasps> oh my God. Well, speaking of boring parts in those upcoming movies, I just, my eyes just got on the number for the run, the runtime for the new James Bond oh, movie. Oh, I know. What the yeah. F yeah. Is, is up with that JB? Is it 240? What is it? Two? Yeah, it's like yeah. 242 or... I know. Well, I don't know why I added that two there. Why not? I was just trying to get like they're, some extra... They're not trying to edit it down. It, you it, might as well like add it. three hours for a James... But I mean... I know, unheard of. I usually have the attitude of, if I love it, give me more. Who yeah. cares? But that just seems like... Me too. I just hope they're using it wisely. I hope there's a reason it has to be that long. Casino Royale's long, and mm. some people say it's got a like kind of mm. mid second third act drag. 
personally, I don't feel so because I love that movie. Yeah. Hopefully I'll feel that way about this one. But yeah. it seems because they're tying it back to the other four that got a lot of stuff they got to do. See. Okay. Okay. Maybe we'll a proper see. a proper send off. Yeah. Yeah. That's good. That's good. Okay. Yeah. Uh, so yeah. Um, th- uh, does Amanda have any movies uh, she's expecting to see that maybe- I think the three of you could the, and well, then, and our new daughter our new daughter is she just see. can't shut up about House of Gucci. <laughs> yeah, House of Gaga Gucci. <laughs> <laughs> she doesn't know it's about a, a like fashion dynasty. She just thinks it's baby talk, and she's super excited about it. <laughs> <laughs> I was gonna say you. Uh, 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 you know, we, we've known about this for a few months of the pod. Least, so if yeah. people go back um, and listen to it carefully, you'll notice many times instead of saying, if we say like a continent that's like ga, yeah. we actually say ga, ga, goo, goo, and you didn't notice. Yeah. Or goo, we would add, <laughs> oftentimes add a ga and a goo before that. There was one time on the podcast where I can't remember what it was, but I said something about someone like who's going to like this. And I said, off mic and I kind of mouthed it to you. I can't remember. What I it was remember about. one moment. I don't know if that was what it was, what you're talking about specifically. But the one I remember is we were talking about uh, Superman two, and you were yes, saying Halloween it. costumes yes. of Zod and the three. So just so people know, how would that <laughs> break down? I'm I'm Zod stamp? because I've got the kind of similar coloration in my beard and hair. Yeah, that's we've, good. We've got to find these um, like disco unitard thigh high boot you know, costumes, yes. Amanda's Ursa, you know, yes, the that's lovely lady and our oh, baby of is, course. is the enormous non. And we put a, a beard on her <laughs> and a little uh, onesie and we stroll her around maybe in a um, phantom zone mirror. Somehow we just <laughs> yeah, put just her on a mirror. A, yeah, <laughs> a a dime, what is that? Yeah. Diamond shaped or try? Uh, I don't even know. Uh, square, yeah. square even. Yeah. I don't know. Square. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There's a a cover of a, a Human League 45 that is like all of them kind of in a square, like jammed up inside the square. Oh, that sounds familiar. That we had, it, my sisters had when I was growing up. And I just was like, are they in the Phantom Zone? What's the deal? Are it they? looks like they're flipping around in outer space. <laughs> uh, but uh, yes, such exciting news. Uh, I'm, I'm very happy for you and Amanda. Thank and, you. Uh, I can't wait for all the Halloween costumes in the future. Oh, I know, me too. And I have to say thank you. I'm I'm so excited. I I. I don't know what to expect, but I'm I'm op- open armed, ready and willing. I'm going to be an older dad, and that's okay. And I'm excited. Oh, and, you the know, best. this I, is the way it panned out. Oh my gosh! And let it be said, I read you know all those comments on your guys's Instagram, <laughs> and if there was one refrain that I saw over and over again, it was the uh. uh FT first thought I had when I heard the news, which is like, Gorley and Amanda are going to be the best parents. Oh, it's like, without a doubt, they're just like so great. And if you read those comments, oh boy, that was what people said over and over again. You guys, it's 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 already concluded. I'm sorry. It's already oh, in the books. It's written sweet. in stone. You guys are going to be great parents. So I'm, I'm oh. excited to watch just as a, as a friend. Thank you very much. That means a lot to me. Yeah. And I should say that because this baby's coming, what does that mean for the podcast? Well, we, I think we figured out a way for it to mean good news. And by that, I'll just say it. 
to make it to the point where we have to go away and have a baby would mean this season would need to be longer or we'd need to break earlier and have a longer break until after the baby. Right. We're going to make it longer. Yes. We need a, 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 a longer gestation period yes. of this podcast. What is a shark's gestation period? Because if we just did whatever the amount of weeks <laughs> that it takes, uh, probably it's not that I short have no of idea. amount of time, right? Well, all I know is we're adding two episodes That's to right. this season to pad it out, and they are films that I think time and time again have come up from people mm-hmm. on Patreon, on then, Twitter, wherever, yeah. and uh, they are, I'll say one, you can say one. Okay. Yeah. Oh, Piranha. Yes, the original Piranha. Yes. And Cruel Jaws. Yes. The, the Jaws ripoff that also, I believe, uses footage from Jaws. Oh, kind of reminds boy. me of Turkish Star Wars. I've never seen it. Yeah, I've never uh, seen Turkish Star Wars or Cruel Jaws. Me either. Um, uh, but those are the two that if my wife and I ever have a second kid, those are the two movies I'm allowed to go out and see. <laughs> You're uh, gonna find some very specific art house that only does these as a double like feature. James of... Bond Junior. That not the cartoon, but what is that one where that uh, oh, yes. little person the played weird knockoff? Yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, <laughs> uh, wait, holy cow! Uh, uh, oh yes, yes. So for those two, uh, um, I yeah, I haven't seen Cruel Jaws. I have seen Piranha, and people are. Uh, more than reasonable to want to to request yeah. us to watch it because Piranha is so great. It's I a really great movie. I've seen it. I don't know. I may have seen a piece of it. Maybe I haven't. I'm excited to watch it because it's gonna yeah. be like I haven't seen it. Yeah, I'm excited to rewatch it. I went down. Uh, I don't know if I talked about this in the pod, but two summers ago, summer of nineteen, mm-hmm. how innocent we were. Oh my god! I uh just had a. Just a great stretch of like two weeks where every night I watched every Joe Dante movie from beginning oh. to end. It was so fun. And Piranha was a, yeah, it was a highlight of many highlights. Yeah. And yeah. an early James Cameron? Yes. Movie? I've never seen Piranha 2. That's what he did. Yeah. And James okay. Cameron, I think, with James Quibble, that uh, he he's like, <laughs> they needed a name because the one director on Piranha 2 walked off and my name got put on it, but I wasn't really the full direct. Like, I don't think he likes to consider it his debut movie, but his name's on it. So yeah, yeah I guess Piranha 2 is a James Cameron debut. Gotcha. But okay. I've never seen that Piranha 2. I haven't either. Well, maybe yeah. one day. I mean, we're going to have to get to everything eventually. <laughs> That's true. <laughs> so we will be taking a decent sized break between seasons, but what that only means is you should join the Patreon family because we're going to not only keep the Patreon going, whether we have to record ahead or somehow go back in time, depending on when this baby comes, we'll get Patreon content up there that we're yeah. already doing, which is, you know, feature length commentaries, yeah. mailbag stuff. But we started adding into the commentary rotation things like the cozy bracket and the cozy uh, nominations, which have been done by the trustees. And we will decide which will be an episode that will probably come out Ooh, yes. in that break. Yes. And maybe we'll make an effort to put another extra episode or two up there so mm. that you stay in Patreon and that there's content there so that there's something happening. Yeah. Even if we can't do regular episodes for, I don't know, um, a month or oh, whatever, whatever it the takes. The time you need. We'll announce it. Yeah, we'll figure it out. Time, but we'll be back. All the yeah. time we need. Yeah. Yeah. But Patreon will be alive and well. And you can go to patreon.com slash with Gorley and Rust. It's yeah. in the show notes. Same with the merch. 
I think that's all the business except yeah. to say that we talked about a big uh, music show that we're playing. Yes, and it got rescheduled. Yeah. The, the we rescheduled the date uh, due to a, a, a work scheduling thing. Yeah, so it's Thursday, September second. Same place, Federal Bar. Same bands, Townland. Yep. yep. Featuring Matt Gorley, <laughs> and then uh, uh, the Sloppy Boys, a terrific band that have their own podcast that you should definitely check out. And then, uh, yeah, um, uh, my band, Don't Stop or We'll Die. Uh, we have a, the Song a Week podcast, so everybody and you can, have like, a new album, a vinyl out, right? Oh uh, yeah, yeah. That's for that's what the show's for is yeah. for the big vinyl release show. It's not out uh, yet, but by the time the show we do the show, it'll be available for people to to buy. Uh, our it's our old uh, our album from 2018 called Dazzle Me, oh. uh, which and, taken and, from Parenthood. Is that my guess? No, is no? that a quote? Yeah, he, remember? Parenthood? Yes, when his boss, he has a presentation to do his bo- to his boss, and his boss goes, dazzle me. Oh my, I've only seen it once <laughs> when it came out on video in like 1990. Oh so wow, I it seems like it'd be up your... Well, of, yes, Holly. and I mean, I have to believe that line was written by Lil Gans and Babalu Mandel. <laughs> And if that's a Gans and Mandel, Lowell and Babalu line, I'm very happy to to swipe from them. What does it come from in your world? Just you guys? Uh, yeah, I don't know why we, wow, we just great thought that was funny. Yeah, you, yeah. you and Babalu and Gans? <laughs> Can I tell you a, a Babalu and Gans story? If, I like that you got to do it with... The most interesting last name of the first guy, and then the most interesting first name of the other guy. Yeah, 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 yeah. Give so, me the the Babalu, Babalu and Gans yeah. story. Um, I I got a wrote uh for uh on the fourth season of uh, Arrested Development. Oh, I didn't know that. Uh, oh yeah, yeah, oh, yeah. Wow. Uh, probably it was like a job that was like four or five months in two thousand. Twelve. I remember it was right before the. Uh, it was during the re-election uh, right. campaign. Um, but uh, uh, there's a lot of writers from past sitcoms in that on that staff. So it's like Golden Girls and like Happy Days. And there was one writer there. That's right, because Mitch Hurwitz worked on Golden, Golden yes. Girls. Yeah. yeah, right, yeah. right, right. And so they all have a, a pool of writers who are uh, amazing. Yeah. They're like veterans, and uh, one of them. Uh, wrote on uh, Happy Days, and uh, he was t- he had a lot of <laughs> Babalu and Gad stories that were great. They sound like awesome, talented, very funny like guys, and they've written like a lot of movies that yeah. people would love. That people love. So you know, if they ever want to like look at their filmography, you'd be like, oh, I, these you guys are great. Them. Yeah, but um, uh, and oh, they also uh on uh, un- uh, contri- uh, 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 unrecognized contra- huge contributions to Roger Rabbit, which I just found oh, out about. Okay. I read like, okay, so wow. the story about them is they were like Paramount Studios is where that was shot, and now Paramount for people who don't live in Los Angeles is like in the center of Hollywood. Yeah. It's kind of like the dividing line. Some people say Western is the street that's sort of like. East of that is kind of one version of LA, and yeah. then the other side is another version of LA, uh, Hollywood and East Hollywood. And their advice this has gotten so specific and so long. Who gives a shit? I'm Rust? on pins and needles. Oh my God. They told this writer, 
as long as you turn right out of the studio, you'll be okay. Never turn left out of the studio. Oh my God. This is a Which different time. Which now is not a charming anecdote. It's sort of <laughs> fucked up. They're basically saying like, don't go into the crimey poor parts yeah, of Los Angeles. It's not quite as bad anymore, but back then- Well, and it's not even anymore. And it's sort of a sad story. <laughs> like that's like, uh, you know, it's been gentrified. And, well, blame uh, it on Babalu. <laughs> Blame it on the Babalu. <laughs> Is the Babalu somehow related to the Babadook? Maybe that's what was left of Paramount. Oh my God. I hate the, the last three minutes of everything I said. I We don't have to take it out or anything. I'm just like... I love it. It makes my... It, it fleshes out my understanding of Babalu and, and Gans. They're now more three-dimensional to me. <laughs> now when you see their names on screen, you'll be like, you turn to Amanda and go, you know, they got uncredited. You got three, you got did, three minutes? They did uncredited <laughs> contributions to Roger Rabbit, and you'll go, let us have a second child. <laughs> oh. No, I think that this opening of this episode, obviously, I got indulgent with my kid. We Are you kidding? Come on. Come on. That's it. Gorley, you were so indulgent with your kid announcement. <laughs> I had to balance the skills with some kids and babaloo. It doesn't matter what the content is. Anybody that came here for the first time because they're big, deep blue sea heads <laughs> have got to be lost at sea and are now living in open water. Oh. <laughs> Well, yeah, we. Yeah. what's so lovely about this is that I also forgot to take a deep blue pee before this movie. So we can take a pee break and then come straight back into deep blue sea yes. if there's not anything else that no. we need to cover. I don't think so, I don't right? think so. And uh, great minds think alike. I, I thought deep blue pee as well is what we were going to call this. So, uh, yeah, let's take a deep blue pee and then... For the deep blue sea heads out there. Yeah. We'll jump into it. Yeah. And okay. let's uh, great minds pee alike too. So here we go. What? <laughs> With Gorley and Rust. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do. It. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. With Corley and Ryan. I am very excited to hear what you have to say about Deep Blue Sea because you've never seen it before. Well, 
I'm very excited to hear your thoughts on Deep Blue Sea as somebody who hasn't seen it uh, myself, but somebody who has seen it has now revisited that that sea station out on the out on the ocean. Which uh, headline here? I love that sea I know. station. I mean, you put that right to next to one of the atolls of Waterworld, and you've got yourself just a whole chain of, of post-apocalyptic mean, archipelago man-made oh, junk keeps. Do you think Deacon would love to take oh, over that area? Deacon and the Smokers? That's probably what they took over and just let it go to hell. Oh my god, do you think the broken down deep blue sea sea station in the future is the water world? Uh, what, what is that shape? What would you say that is? A crescent? Of uh, the water world one? No, it's a full circle, right? Because they got to keep I think so. They, yeah, I think we they call think. it an atoll. But I was saying to Amanda, she watched this with me, that this movie should have been a stunt spectacular. A live Ooh. thing park Oh my god. Well, they they... Touch it, but not really. A little bit with the Jaws ride yeah. that we watched online oh, yeah. separately <laughs> in our own lives. Uh, uh, <laughs> but that's not quite it because there's no human stunt. Yeah. But if Deep Blue Sea is great, and that's what it should be. But if we wanted to do like a Jaws water stunt show, that could be pretty cool. It would be great. It would Maybe be really Jaws good. meets Deep Blue Sea. I don't know. Yeah. Uh, but you you watched this with Amanda? I did. And I hadn't seen it since 99. Oh, in 99 the feeling fine. When yeah. did you watch it? What, what, what were the circumstances? Well... Well, get, I was. I think I've maybe told this story before that I worked up at Universal City Walk at the theater up there, and I was doing improv in the theaters before the movies. Have I mentioned that before? No. <laughs> and it was. I. I might have, but or okay, if you have, uh, my I'll it's make it not, quick. It's the opposite of like repression for a bad thing. It's like <laughs> repression for a good thing because my memory wasn't here again. We were dressed like old time ticket takers. We were called the ticket takers. Oh my god! I know it's it it's cringeworthy. Oh my my cheeks are like burning right now for some reason. <laughs> like hearing the ticket takers. <laughs> I know. I was in my early twenties, and we would go in down into the audience before the show started and do improv slash sketch for the live theater going audience. And this was Universal City Walk. It was not a crowd that was. Uh, <sighs> predisposed to uh, uh, be patient with performers, let's say. And also you're probably doing <laughs> some kind of wholesome like... Well, that's what you'd think until we like, we had all these things written for us and we quickly threw them out and just went to the same bit over and over and like, like movie gags and lines that you'd recognize and we turned it from horrible to like worked really well but the lowest common denominator hackiest oh, shit please you could every, possibly everything, imagine everything. so you you guys come out there and you're like hey we didn't get your tickets they <laughs> what hated us at first and only liked us at the end because of the just like immediately recognizable one-liners we were doing I barely even remember so you guys would come out and quote movies within comic sketches like we would get uh, I think we'd get a, a suggestion but we'd always work back to these bits it was like like <laughs> if Commedia dell'arte and you know AMC theaters had a baby it was just it was awful and so, it was so bad that at one point we stopped doing it and just hoped our bosses wouldn't come anymore because we were a separate entity from the theater so we were getting paid like really pretty well at the time especially for a 
you know, 20 some year old. And we just stopped and we would just greet people as they came in. And then one time, cause I was teaching college at this point, a student came up oh, and was no. like, I wasn't in my class anymore because Matt hit hard times, huh? <laughs> <laughs> Anyway, long story short, after our shift, we would often go see whatever movie was out that week, and and Deep Blue Sea was one of them, and it was really a really fun theater experience. Oh, I can imagine yeah. being in a theater watching that with a group of people must have been just a hoot, yeah, just a hoot and a holler, mm-hmm. a real pip. So, what did you think? Uh, oh, I thought it was so fun. Oh, good. I, it was like oh, good. a great, yeah, a, a okay, great good. fun time. Uh, the fact that you watched it with. Um, well, two things that you watched it with Amanda. I watched it uh, with my wife as well, oh, and nice. a friend of ours who, um, uh, for years, I've known as a fan of Deep Blue Sea. Oh, and then, um, like two weeks ago, she was like, "We have to watch Deep Blue Sea." Unrelated. Unrelated. Oh my god! And I was like, "Oh, well, I'm actually watching it for the podcast I do with Matt," and so. Uh, well, Leslie hasn't seen it either, so we'll all watch it together. And we had such a fun time. Oh, uh, uh, it was our friend Claudia. Um, oh, yeah. From your yeah, show, from Love. Yeah, Claudia yeah. Doherty. And oh. she's like a big shark fan and shark <sighs> movie fan. So it was fun watching it with her. But And then um, as far as the movie theater of it all goes... I still kind of want to get into the nitty gritty of the ticket takers. Cause <laughs> okay, like, well, I don't know if like, it's like at you're your standing outside the theater and you take the tickets and no, we don't they, they think at first you're just regular people. And then you kind of do the, like uh, uh, the prestige where you reveal like actually we're performers. What's the opposite of a prestige? Like <laughs> the um, degradation. <laughs> The humil and now the, the turn, the humiliation. Yeah, the prestige. We did stand and greet. There were no tickets to take, but it was like, yeah, we're taking your tickets. So we're not anything more than that. Surprise! Boo! Yeah, and, laser uh, pointers were huge at this time too. Oh so we just my. had constant laser pointers going at us. And so you would eventually like have some premise that got you to going like, well, listen, hasta la vista, baby. Basically, we would do uh, in Schwarzenegger impressions. We yes. would the minute yes. two guys dressed as ticket takers did the Titanic bow of the ship, arms extended, the audience just went crazy. Clearly, I for a moment there, my <laughs> spirit went to another plane because I was just so happy to have. You know that it's just like my favorite shit in the world, man. Is like two people recreating a group of teenagers all be like, yeah. <laughs> It's two years after Titanic, too. Oh, perfect, perfect. And that is just a stone throw away. That theater from the live theater where they would do like the Bill and Ted show at the Universal Studios. The, and like, Waterworld and the stunt show, like the Bob, oh. the Bob Rochelle old Western stunt show. Yeah. Less of it. Oh, my God. You were ro- That's walking sp- in Rochelle's shadow. <laughs> I was uh, <laughs> crawling in his shadow. But you, it was the same spirit. Like, that's why that was happening at that movie theater. I guess. It's because it was, it was part of the cry. spirit of the Universal City Walk experience. <sighs> I guess. And you know who worked there? In the popcorn counter as an employee of that theater. Just not performer. Not a performer. No. Just a regular theater worker. Who? Aaron Paul from Breaking Bad. No kidding. And he would come up to us and go, 
that's pretty cool. You guys do that. I'm going to be an actor one day. Ah. And we were kind of like, not in a mean way, kind of like, yeah, aren't we all? You know? Oh my gosh. And he was like, yeah. no, I am, bitch. Yeah. And you're like, what? <laughs> and he's like, wait a few years. <laughs> he, he was know? so right. He was so right. Wow, that's crazy. Uh, <laughs> that whole story. Uh, um, uh, the oh, and I good the 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 thing I was gonna say not about my own theater going experience, just about what you had to experience with the ticket takers experience. Yeah, is um, you're right. When people go to the movies, it's a little bit of a thing getting in the car yeah. and driving and parking and getting us waiting in line two lines sometimes to get concessions sit down find your seat there's just an anxiety of yeah, like am sure. i gonna like the movie right that moment before the lights go down is really kind of charged for any theater in america yes. like and all over the world no performer should want to have to go up yeah. in front of an audience that is like expecting in that moment cinema no and getting live performance instead so that's already hard but yes the city walk theater is a notorious theater for that's where the teenagers yeah, go and like crowd high schoolers on a friday <laughs> night go and see the movie and they talk through it and it's like how i saw drag me to hell and i loved it but yeah. i wouldn't want to have to go in front of a bunch of 16 year olds <laughs> The only silver lining I remember, other than working with my friends, was that it was when the trailer for Phantom Menace came out. So we would just make sure we hit the beginning of every screening of Meet Joe Black. And we I watched that trailer. <laughs> oh, must my. have been 30 times. I don't know. That's a well, the theater I got uh, to see a, um, the Thursday into Friday night when Phantom Menace opened. I worked at a movie theater <sighs> at the movie theater that. This glorious year of 1999, and I remember the, you know, I just see the posters on a cycle. I, I worked at the movie theater in the concession stand and stuff, uh, but my main job, just because of my hours, was I got this awesome job of when the theater closed down, I cleaned it at the end of the night. And uh, so I would have friends come, and they would just hang out with me, and we would talk, and I'd clean the theater. And I remember there was a rotating sort of like, three posters that summer and um one of them i remember was deep blue sea and when i was asked by leslie and claudia had i seen this movie before did i see it in the theater i was like that summer i was seeing a new movie every friday night yeah. or sometimes seeing two new movies every weekend because there was such a bevy yeah. of beauties of just like exciting movies coming out yeah. particularly that year that's, is it matrix that you, yeah that yeah, matrix yeah. was that summer uh i mean people would just look up the year it's like incredible yeah. so like, that like deep blue sea any other week would be the movie i would want to go out and run out and see with friends and have a fun time at but uh whatever there was a south park movie that had to be getting to or Phantom eyes wide Menace, shut or yeah yeah, yeah yeah wow um but also i didn't know if you were gonna say when you were seeing the phantom menace trailer that meant sometimes you were going up in front of crowds who were just Star Wars fans who were actually maybe not as uh, they were respectfully they or maybe more vicious. Well, we they would, were like, no. bring me the trailer. <laughs> I think if we we would work some Star Wars in for them and Good. then they were, you know, putty in our hands there, the ticket takers <laughs> dressed in green bellhop costumes with a pillbox hat. 
Yes. We, we all kept our costumes in the trunks of our car throughout the week too because we'd only work weekends and our costumes were filthy. We looked like homeless ticket takers. <laughs> filthy and also I bet the classic just like sketch show thing of just like creases in the pants. Like they've been folded up yeah. and like sort of balled up in cars. One and- guy in particular was so bad about it and he ended up looking like Barf from You Can't Do That on Television. <laughs> Like ketchup and mustard stains. It's filthy. <laughs> filthy. Uh, so, <laughs> or like he'd forget pieces, so he'd have that like waistcoat on, but instead of a tuck shirt and bow tie, it would just be like a, oh. a, a you know, those tank tops, the greasy stained tank tops, under tank top. Oh my God, slobby, slobby. You know, and Gorley, I don't know if we've ever shined a light on this before, but we are two tidy guys. Yeah, I think so, yeah. Not yeah. T-O-O tidies, T-W-O, two... A yeah. couple of tidy guys, That's not right. yeah. excessively tidy guys. I, I wasn't mean. at the time, not for this kind of thing. I guess I was for my right. home life, but yeah. Oh, no. For my job that I re- worked, uh, I know you were in high school, but like the grocery store I worked at, like we had to wear a black tie. I would just loosen the hole on the tie, yeah, take same. it off my head, yep. put it back on, and it would have like food crumbs and juices and <laughs> Wait, stuff um, and i worked at a grocery store in high school did what? we talk about this which one did we did right uh, i worked at ralph's where did you work i worked at this uh place called uh high v h y dash v e that does sound familiar i'm sure we've talked about this um yeah high v recently was in the news last summer because somebody set some fireworks off there was surveillance footage of fireworks being shot off in a aisle like oh somebody got, lit them on in the aisle and an employee like <laughs> watches it turns <laughs> walks away <laughs> just like i'm not who cares i'm not I'm like not cleaning yeah yeah up. yeah yeah but what's the irony of that is high v's like slogan their jingle for the longest time was uh, no fireworks in our eyes <laughs> high v shop high v where there's a friendly smile in every aisle, yeah. like it specifically is about like aisle <laughs> friendliness, and uh, uh, but um, anyway, I worked at that movie theater. I didn't see Deep Blue Sea. I saw it for the first time a few nights ago, and uh, yeah, had it was a, it was a fun time. So I'm happy to. Uh, hey, even when we don't like the movies, we have a good time talking yeah. about them. But yeah, yeah, I was really curious to see if this one was going to be as fun as I remembered. It's not really that dated other than the cg but like right. fashion wise the, no, yeah the, it's not so crazy in its yeah. looks or cameron's you know it's got some rennie harlanisms in there yeah but uh, what would you uh consider some harlanisms and we uh this is our second harlan yeah. we've ever c- covered on the podcast we did nightmare on elm street 4 yeah which i think both of us found to be lacking and i i think we've said as much with other harlan films no and- you you loved Nightmare 4. Uh, stop it. Oh, I did. You That's did. right. Yeah, yeah, Wait, yeah. Oh, no, what I'm saying is, why was I thinking you did a different one? We find a Die lot Hard of his, 2, uh, I yeah, think we find lacking yeah. in the Harlan verse. But did he do Cliffhanger? He did. And I like that too. So why yeah. am I bitching about Rennie Harlan? <laughs> What's my Harlan problem? Well, I, well I, I don't know. I think you probably share a sentiment of a lot of people. Like he has like... I don't know if he has a great movie on his filmography. Not a great one, but I liked this one and I really liked Nightmare 4. And I remember, I haven't seen Cliffhanger in a long time, but I remember really Yeah, I like Cliffhanger uh, Long Kiss Goodnight. I've never seen that, but I hear good things about it. Uh, Same, same, same. Like, I haven't seen it, but I hear good things. 
And then the things that seem to be lower on the list of his movies, I haven't seen Cutthroat Island. Yeah, that's the big bomb he had. Yeah, I didn't see the Stallone-driven movie. Is that what it was called? The race car movie driven? Oh, no. And then like like Ford Fairlane I never watched. The Dice Clay I haven't seen it in a long time, but I loved Ford Fairlane. Oh, my gosh. Well, then I want to watch Ford Fairlane. I... I I Were you a dice head? Oh God. I don't want to say I was a dice head. I you know, I was fifteen or sixteen. I might have had one of his double CDs that's disgusting to think of. It's just but I think he's aged now uh better than what his time oh, saw. Oh, for him sure. As, he's so. definitely moved out of that. But Ford yeah. Fairlane like they throw in a little bit of that, you know, like when a stand-up comic gets a thing and they got to kind of like cater it to it. But yeah. I remember that script being so tight and so... Like a real mystery. Yeah. And it's uh-huh. like a noir comedy that yeah. also has a lot of... Well, Robert England's in it too. Ooh. And it just has a lot of little payoffs. that. I, but keep in mind, I haven't seen this movie in so long, so don't hold me to that, but... Yeah, uh, well, I think the script's by Daniel Waters, who did like Heathers and Batman Returns. So if if you were saying that the script was good and stuff, I could see all those flavors being good. A little Harlan, a little... So so for Renny Harlan, this is coming after Cutthroat Island and Long Kiss Goodnight. So there are a couple um, not box office successes, that Cutthroat Island being a flat-out bomb or a fiasco. yeah. And I feel like in this movie, you can, uh, it felt like somebody who's just like uh, trying to get back in the game. It's yeah. like, it does feel like a very, uh, like a propulsive and like efficient movie. Like each scene like has some like kind of, and I mean, like we should say it's a movie that clearly doesn't take itself very seriously. No. So in the best way, like it really right. knows when to take itself seriously and when not to. And on then, a craft level, it takes yeah, itself seriously, yeah. but on a, a like a how serious, which is it's funny now the pendulum is swinging back from Jaws of the Revenge because we talked about how that sort of worked because it did take itself seriously because. Uh, if it had gotten too kooky, the idea that a shark is following her to the Bahamas is like too zany. Yeah. But this, uh, the tone of this is, uh, yeah, right in a real line, but I liked it. Yeah, I did too. I yeah. Mean, I was pleased with the script even now too. Cause like they do get a lot of information out about the characters and their backgrounds, but they don't do it in an expository way. They're pretty good about how they deliver a lot of this information. It yeah. seems tied well into into character motivation about you know finding out about Thomas Jane's past through you know uh, Samuel L. Jackson having checked up on him and yes and then I mean I'm sure we'll talk at length about the subversions of what you expect in a movie yeah. like this in terms of Samuel L. Jackson and Saffron Burrow's character too yeah and I know some of that's like accidental or happenstance yeah. but I would put it in the category of what was exciting about movies in 1999 was this thing, which I think like five years out from Pulp Fiction mm. movies that were coming up from the studio, it was okay to sometimes bend the rules and be a little audacious about what they were doing because they knew an audience was like gonna, gonna groove on it. I, and I will say being present in the, you know, probably the opening weekend Friday night theater crowd of Deep Blue Sea when Samuel Jackson gets eaten, you're like, 
what the fuck? Tell me all about it. So we well, were sitting in the theater. Th- people's response was like, oh, you, this is an insane thing. If you thought the ticket takers could elicit a response from, <laughs> from the CityWalk crowd, wait till you see Oh, Samuel. you're being modest. No way that would ever have a reaction bigger than the one to the ticket takers, which it was, I imagine was a standing ovation each time. Every, every line. We had to like wait for them like, to sit back down. How do they bring bouquets of roses each time that they throw at us? It's like the State of the Union where they stand and applaud for every applause line. Um, it was just a combination of of surprise mixed with that even at the time, everybody was like dodgy CG, but loved it because it was so mm-hmm. crazy and so in your face. And it was just a uh, a clear audience movie moment that I yeah. think I will always treasure. I do remember it kind of abstractly, but I definitely remember the feeling. When you said dodgy CGI, the thing I thought you were going to say, another uh, three-letter abbreviation uh, uh, I think we're gonna say before they ever had the words for it, like a WTF. Oh yeah, that yeah. had to be like a good WTF in the theater. It was, and I think you know they were. I think they've even said as much somewhere in an interview that they were kind of on the heels of Tom Scared and Alien, of kind of like let's because oh, I guess Samuel yes. L. Jackson uh-huh. was first approached to play the preacher role of the chef, the LL Cool J. Yeah, and I think his yeah. reps didn't want him playing something low status like that, so they turned this role into something that would fit him more and then reveal like, hey, we want to kill this guy. And he was all for it. He loved the idea of it. That's awesome. And it's making me realize the chef of it all is like under siege. Steven Seagal is a chef who kind of can sneak around and bop around. I mean, it's like diehard. Yeah. But I mean, uh, so yeah, that's how the casting came. And, And it was... There's a few genuine like surprises outside. I mean, the Samuel Jackson one is the major one that yeah. unfortunately, like I knew about yeah. beforehand. Even but, like, Amanda knew she'd never seen it, and she knew well. It too. I you know knew it from just like yeah. Now it's a gif and stuff. Yeah, but like when I first saw it, it was like a clip played on. I think Conan. Uh, ask him next time you're doing oh, the Conan podcast okay. if he remembers. <laughs> next time in the I middle of an it. interview. <laughs> Do you remember if Paul? Saw this the first time on your show. Sorry, Mr. Keaton, Mr. O'Brien. I, Have you done the Keaton yet? Yesterday, yeah. Oh my gosh! Can you give us a scoop? I have no scoop other than there's some good Batman talk on there. Holy bong! That's the scoop of scoops! I didn't get to talk to him at all, because as you guys know, Mr. Mom is one of my favorite movies, and Mr. Mom never came up. And um, I'm I'm present on mic and on video in those interviews, but I wasn't involved in this one. And I didn't as want I never know, answered. I'm a fan of Mr. Mom. <laughs> Mr. Mom did not come up. And I lodged my disappointment <laughs> officially. Oh, but just to be uh just uh he's the tops, man. He's great. Yeah. He's great. That yeah. is so cool. Uh and so like Batman 89 talk or yeah. like uh just how how he views that now. It's not like there was any news, but he talks at length Ooh. about how I mean, I have yet to edit it, so it's not okay, like I'll sure, be taking sure. anything yeah. juicy out. Yeah, but um, or maybe I will, and I'll just put it up for the Patreon listeners. 
Jack Nicholson and I had a torrid love affair on the set of Batman. And uh, only the Patreon listeners get to hear these exclusive art tips. Yes. Yeah. 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 yeah, yeah. Uh, But he talks about now how he sees it now versus how he saw it then and how his view of it has really changed. Ah. In an interesting way. He goes on a while about it. That's cool. Pretty cool. Yeah. Ooh, I'm very interested in that. Yeah. Somebody who has a, yeah. um, uh, 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 What's that? perspective on yeah he is a good perspective yeah. still no talk of mr mom or gung-ho and it was but that was a bit of a disappointment gung-ho yeah ganzen babaloo yeah oh, so there you go ganzen they should call it ganzen babaloo's gung-ho <laughs> uh, 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 oh yeah so ask Coden if and if you can go back in time ask michael king the first time i saw the samuel jackson shark clip was from on deep blue sea was on, but even if I, because I have to, because it was spoiled for me. If I have to hold on to my memory of what it was when I first saw that, I remember, and this was contextless. I haven't watched an hour before or 45 minutes before this of a movie. I'm just like seeing the clip. I remember when I saw it, it was like, what? Yeah. It so blew my mind. Yeah. So I can only imagine A, seeing the context of you're watching the movie. And B, watch it with an audience. That yeah, had to be he really was cool. the only star in that movie. Thomas Jane was not known. LL Cool J was, but- Not Samuel, as a film actor. This was like yeah, a year he, after H2O. Right, so. which he's playing a kind of a similar role to this comedic guy that's off on his own for a while while right. a killer you know, hovers about a closed location. Yeah. It's pretty interesting. And he's but, a, either a chef or a writer. You know, he's got these- uh, like, Yeah, the security of, guard in H2O, the slash yeah, writer. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. That's true. And uh, I know that because of the way you just described it, it was sort of like Samuel L. Jackson didn't want to take that role. So this other role was written for him that that means like what I'm about to say wasn't necessarily like fully planned in advance. Yeah. But like there is kind of like sort of what I was talking about, like the post Pulp Fiction of subverting stuff. Like Mm -hmm. I was surprised like watching the movie. I was like, Oh, I didn't know LL Cool J's character was going to be the one emerging as the like hero, and I I knew that Samuel L. Jackson was going to be like uh, taken out unexpectedly and probably earlier on than I expected. But to have that happen in a movie is like a pretty like it's he's, fun. Yeah, it's cool. And yeah. then and then the other kind of like weird. Um, plot surprise that like is because of a behind the scenes production thing is the ending with the the death of the yeah the i forget her character name saffron burrows but i forget yes. her character name and that was do you know you probably know the story of that right uh yeah yeah so explain well first of all i should say that like because jackson was in phantom menace and you know he'd already been in Tarantino movies, right. he, he was huge and he was the only person. And the other thing, just before I go to that ending, is that I just love his monologue. It's 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 like meta cheesy and purposefully over the top in a way because they know what's coming. And so it it's like the perfect setup to a joke punchline, which is the shark murdering him because the monologue is so over the top and almost Independence Day level melodrama you know and and i just love that they take that moment to set it up with such a cheesy monologue yeah because were you feeling and there had to be a vibe in the theater when it was happening it was kind of like 
they're doing this corner. Exactly. Okay. And then what they're doing is lulling you yeah. into this like, oh, here we go, another one of these movies before they just twist it on you. And it's like they're using expectations to twist, not yeah. plot points. It's it's really well, much so like well done. the genetic sharks in this movie. Uh, <laughs> they like they're they're outsmarting the, the yeah, prey. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. I think Jaws the Revenge Shark must have been one of these test cases because to be able to figure out where the Brody family is, but yeah, where, where they've had the revenge rage center yeah, yeah, juices. Yeah, yeah. So, uh, uh, uh oh, with the the behind the, the yeah the, the ending end, yeah. I guess the story goes that the the woman had survived and they did test screenings and the audience really hated that she survived because they considered her responsible for this tragedy. So whether it's a good idea or not, they went back in and using other footage they had and I think some reshoots killed her. Mm-hmm. What I'm not clear on was then LL Cool J originally supposed to have been killed and doesn't show back up at the end or did they – Pull him back like they did Mario Van Yeah, Peebles. was this a Van yeah. Peebles sitch where they yeah. like brought back the guy who was supposed to die, but they brought him back because the audience liked him. Um, yeah, so like two things with my wife Leslie seeing this, she didn't know the Samuel Jackson shark kill moment. She didn't know no. it? No, so I got, oh. Claudia and I got to like watch it through her eyes, which was the best. What happened? Oh my God. Uh, and this so also excited. connects with the ending with her character dying. Leslie's yeah. reception of that as well. So Leslie's was, um, we were sitting there. We knew it was the scene. Claudia and I like glanced at each other because <laughs> we knew Leslie hadn't mentioned yet that this movie had the scene. So what was going to happen next was either Leslie going like, oh, I've seen this before, or, oh my gosh, or just whatever. Uh, But it happened, and Leslie threw herself up from the couch and like landed next to me on the couch going, oh my God. God! Like just like slammed her hand out of the couch. She was just so like delighted and shocked and like, can you believe what I saw? The the response somebody would have, like the filmmakers hoped somebody would have, and then immediately said, "Can we rewind that?" And so we rewound it, and she still didn't. um, uh, It was it wasn't aware of this being like a thing that had kind of been memed out or something. Um, and so she just got to have the response of like, let's watch it again. Cause that was so, Oh, and then like, we watched it like, Oh, it's about to have it. It did have it. Like oh, that's unbelievable. But for Claudia who has seen it so many times, she could in the cadence of Samuel Jackson's like delivery, deliver the line with him. So to my right and stereo is like Claudia, like no, fully knowing the scene and for Leslie. It was like t- entirely new. Uh, and we rewatched it and, uh, that scene again, it was like glorious. That makes and me then, so happy. Yeah. And then as far as the, that character, the, what's her, the actress's name? Her no, name but, is Saffron Burroughs. Okay. But I Cause I can't even character. remember the actor's name. Let me look at on the characters, but, when we're watching this, and you know what? I had this experience too, but Leslie was the one like vocalizing it. Like when she was trying to get the discs and something, I remember thinking like, are we rooting for her to survive? The, like what's going on here? This yeah. is like, and Leslie then like was vocal about like, 
what's going on? She's responsible for all of this. And like, oh, why are we like wanting her to survive? And then when she made the sacrifice at the end and died, it was satisfying for all of us who were kind of like, how are we supposed to be feeling about what she's trying to do here? Yeah. And then when we found out the behind the scenes stuff, it was like, okay, this test audience was kind of on the same wavelength yeah. of like, how are we supposed to be feel about her now? Okay. So it's like two days later after I watched the movie and I'm like driving and I'm reflecting on deep Lucy and thinking <laughs> about it. And I was thinking when I was watching the movie, I was thinking like, Oh, this is some combination of jaws and Jurassic park that yes. it's like sharks plus genetic inter. Yeah. And probably deliberately. So yeah, 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 yeah. They're not there's like definite nods to jaws in here. Like the license plate, obviously. Yeah. Well, right. The, Literally the, the, the same. Oh my God. The same license. plate. The fact that that's not even possible. Yeah. <laughs> you can't have two. It's like a snowflake. If you pulled this same snowflake out of two different shark's mouth. Uh, but the, uh, 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 Sorry, the, uh, uh, oh boy. Um, you were driving and you were reflecting. <laughs> yes, thank you, my therapist. <laughs> You're meditating. And I was thinking about, oh, it's like Jurassic Park. And and, uh, and I thought, oh, not that necessarily the people who wrote Deep Blue Sea would be thinking of it in these terms, but maybe if they were just kind of picking up on the vibe, it's like, well, both behind the scenes stories are kind of the reverse of each other. Like in Jurassic Park, John Hammond, the Richard Attenborough character dies in the book as well. He should, because yeah. he's like the Dr. Frankenstein. Right. But when they started making the movie, Spielberg was like, well, what's wrong with this guy? He's just <laughs> trying to have some entertainment for families and make a buck on the side. What's wrong with this guy? So they have him survive. And Leslie and I talked about this where it's like, he is the patriarchy. Yeah. He's yes. this like white bearded Santa grandpa who the audience goes, well, I don't care if he's trying to make money of oh, what he did. isn't he cute, that old man? But it's so funny that Leslie and I uh, talked about this, same, where it's like the us. gender thing yeah. of with this woman, yep. it's the reverse. She's scripted to live and survive. And then because of the test screening, they have her die. And Leslie and I talked about it where it's like, it's partly the audience being like, well, let grandpa live, but that uppity bitch. I know. She's also, gotta die for this. She's she's progressive, forward-thinking feminist who's a smart doctor and arguably even making the right decision. Yes, it's she didn't obviously never meant for these people to die. Comparatively she, to Dr. Hammond is oh, making a oh, way more better wait, decision. She really cares about curing Alzheimer's yes. and yes, she broke the law but didn't think anything was gonna get out of hand. No, she way more deserves to live. I guess Harlan went back not only in shooting the ending but took out more human and nice moments with her in the film to kind of like now really pass you the threshold of pushing you to not liking her. I mean, for all of these really kind of confusing things, which is like Samuel Jackson is not the protagonist. LL Cool J ends up being the protagonist. She's, are you supposed to be rooting for her or against her? And then Thomas Jade is actually the guy we're all supposed to be like the main guy, yeah. even though he doesn't kill any of the sharks. He doesn't, no, he kill, doesn't one kill one shark. LL Cool J kills two 
And doctor, by the way, Dr. Susan McAllister kills one of them. Susan McAllister. And they even say it like Samuel L. Jackson is the suit in any other movie. He'd be the, either the bureaucratic rich guy or whatever. That's like, no, no, no. Right. And he'd be like, you'd want him to die. He's the Paul Reiser and aliens kind of. Yes. Oh, why is Ronnie Cox in this movie? Oh my. This movie has very many weird things about it, but the fact that it's all working. Ronnie Cox has no lines. Obviously they cut something. I don't know. I couldn't find anything more on it, but I was just looking at IMDb. I'm sure there's something out there. So baffling that Ronnie Cox is sitting behind a desk for what do you think his total on-screen time is? Like, oh, oh, 20, 30 seconds? I don't know. I mean, I guess he's there. It does feel like he was not well that day and they just wheeled him in and it was like he was next door and like, you want to come be in our movie? Uh-huh. What am I doing? Okay. Yeah. It's so strange. And uh, the fact that it fits in with all of his other just like genre authoritarian yeah. Robocop, Beverly Hills Cop. Total Recall. Total Recall vibe. And then (laughs) to rob him of that. Uh, Because Rennie Harlan, yeah, does feel like he's from like the Paul Verhoeven. Yes. uh, Tony Scott, just like world of... Action exploitation or something. Yes. And so then, yeah, Roddy... Oh, man, I hope he got a call before the premiere. I hope he wasn't sitting in the theater. He's the first one there. My cummerbund is blue (laughs) in the spirit of the deep sea of the movie. My cummerbund is blue. My love for this film is deep. And I (laughs) can't wait to see it with my eyes. I'm Ronnie Cox, and I can't wait for you to see my performance. The best of my career. Also, I sound nothing like Ronnie Cox. (laughs) I'm Michael Kine. He's Roddy Cox often will do uh, ADR for Michael Caine if he can't do it because he, he's, he's so good at it. What is Roddy Cox? I only remember his line from Total Recall and you'll be, I don't do his voice, but you'll be, you'll be home in time for cornflakes. That's good. No, that, I wasn't even. No, but I'm did, trying that's to like. literally his line. I don't think Ronnie Cox has a voice that if somebody did it, you would go, no. that's Ronnie Cox. No, he does do that? That's Ronnie Cox. Did you, you just, just uh, did you just do Ronnie Cox? Oh God. So yeah, the subversions of it all are a real treat, especially when they came out, but they still hold up today. Even when mm-hmm. you know they're coming, they're fun. Yeah. Lots of surprises, a genuine surprise that was like, I can't think of the last time this ever worked on me in a movie ever or a TV show. Where a surprise party was a genuine surprise. I know, yeah, that's right. When they started announcing it and asking her to come, I was like, what's going on here? Why yeah. don't I know what's happening? Yeah, and then when she surprised. walked in, it was a surprise. I was like, well, well done, crew. <laughs> Didn't really excite her much, but, you know. In the vein of Terror Train, where it was one of the first legit, like, the... Um, the magician's assistant, I was like, something's odd about oh, yeah. that, but I don't know. Yeah. Usually when like somebody's like in a disguise or something, I go, Oh, I know that's supposed to be Tom Cruise, yeah. that fake nose or whatever. <laughs> yeah. Uh that's color of buddy, by the way. He oh, has to wear I've never seen that. Oh, I'm kidding. That would be funny though. <laughs> the, he has to get in the, the pool hole with a disguise. Use it. <laughs> uh Gorley, that's uh like the year of eighty six. That's when I imagine 
a young man like you is most going out to the cinema and wanting to see Tom Cruise I guess win, I, win I, at a billiard game? Uh, yeah, I don't know. I would have been 13, I guess. I was more like, that's an adult movie. I want action. But was that, did you get to see Platoon in the theater? Yeah, six times. <laughs> so that was the summer of the same year as Platoon. Yeah, but this was, I guess, I just, it was too. That's apples and oranges. I don't know why I'm comparing them. No, I should have. You're that's right. a cue ball and an eight ball. I should have, but I, I needed, uh, you know, young man war, something stupid like that. I wasn't, sure. I wasn't going to get the subtleties of a sequel to the hustler. Similar haircuts though, for those, those bad boys. Yeah. Tom Cruise and Charlie Sheen, both That's of those right. movies kind of have that, uh, the little spiky. It's not quite a flat top, not quite a pompadour. <laughs> the spike yeah. had a very limited run in men's hair. Fashion, Until Tom but- Cruise brought it back for collateral. Oh my God! But the With wig, gray. right? The gray wig. Yeah. Do you think that was him subtly like nodding that it's the same character oh, as Color of Bloody? Probably was. My collateral a movie going experience. Um. Uh, you know, in auditorium theater seating, sometimes you could have the row that the hallway or the aisle cuts in front of yeah. that people have to like go back and forth on. Yeah. Um, horizontally or whatever. Uh, we were there at a old woman halfway into collateral was like walking to go to the bathroom or something. And she tripped and fell in front of us. Oh, geez. And then her children came and, or her somebody came, was like lifted her up. But it was like one of those experiences where you know, it's being fully handled yeah, and it's taken care of, but because it's happening in front of you, if you're not, I felt like I should just like put my finger out and like put it on somebody. So you I felt do. like I you was contributing. You stand up and look around like I'm. Re- I want everybody to see that I'm prepared to to help, but I clearly I, I there's nothing I can do. So I I just okay. Are we good? We're yep. good. Okay. So I was just like splitting my time between the accident in front of me and then that silver fox Tom Cruise <laughs> up to his collateral and <laughs> his collateral damage. Uh, but uh. Yeah, what about the hairstyles in here? Now, when you said, I, I agree, the styles haven't aged too um, much the late 90s of it all. And and if there is any of it, I love it. Yeah. Like, um, especially those young teens at the beginning in the boat. Like, that was oh, like yeah. some prime 1990 teenager. Eyebrows. Yeah. Virtually non-existent. And the Thread mids- thin. Eyebrows. I mean, the most period thing about this movie, I think, is like, all the fellas, all of them have that weird thing where they were on a previous movie where they had to dye their hair blonde or something. And it has like this, like either it is blonde or it's trying to cover up a dye job of some kind. Yeah. I think Thomas Jane, they clearly gave a dye job too, because he's supposed to be this always out in the sun, kind of naturally blonde guy, but he ends up getting that kind of orange thing that brunettes have or, yeah. And I, I know you told me with Jaws the Revenge that their hair color kind of changed because of the tank. I noticed that there was particularly like weird stuff happening in the hair for the men who had to like go underwater. So like the Janes and the Rappaports of it all that I didn't know if like they're also battling like weird (laughs) chemicals. Yeah. Um, Well, they shot this on the Titanic set at that Fox. uh, In Mexico, that that offshore water area. I mean, this definitely had some prime late 90s shots of rooms being filled up with water yeah, quickly. Yeah, just um, that, that color timing or whatever it is. Yes. Too. Yeah. 
Well, and I'm not, um, uh, uh, I've seen Titanic enough times, but like, as you can imagine, uh, Leslie and Claudia, you know, they grew up loving Titanic. So there were so many times where before I knew it was filmed in the place of Titanic, water would come in flowing in and they'd go Titanic, Titanic. Like they, uh, <laughs> so then later to find out it was like probably the same machinery. That probably. Was like, yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> Also, the um, what I can imagine felt very fresh in 1990, fresh fish about this is until like Jaws the Revenge in 87, there's been like a pretty big dry spell for 12 years with like, maybe you had some abysses, some yeah. James Cameron yeah. stuff, but those are like kind of like, or the deep, not deep space nine, deep sea. Deep star six. Yeah. Yeah. Like you could maybe have mythical creatures, scary stuff, Leviathan stuff. But this is like the first time that they're going back to sharks. And uh, I'd say after Deep Blue Sea, once every two years, there's a animal in the water attacking you movie. Like they, I think also were the first to kind of come back to, it had to be so exciting to be like, hey, yeah. Jaws movies rule. We're back to Jaws movies again. I know. I was thinking about that because the Jaws, and I still think that though they've come back to shark movies over and over again, they never have and probably never will ever get to one that is just this shark, this one guy. Like the shark is the movie. I know Megalodon is maybe something like that, but I mean that's going to take – like yeah. it's it's amazing you had Michael Myers, but then you still had Jason and Freddy. So that seems like there'd be room for Jaws and you know Teethy and <laughs> f- Fins and Glaspers. Sorry, <laughs> no, it had to be you had to do four <laughs> sorry. of them. Glaspers, of course, would be the sorry. name of the fourth, <laughs> the third Jaws knockoff. But this movie, I think, is smart because they also go out of their way to not make it great whites. They're Mako sharks, right? Yeah. Yeah. And they, they've they been genetically engineered and they're first and second generation. So there is a kind of like interesting science element to it. Yes. I, I mean, it seems like dubious science to me, but also this is so crazy specific. It does seem like, is there something to do with shark brains and Alzheimer's that is real? I have no idea. I believe it. The movie makes me believe it. And also uh, that Planet of the Apes reboot movie has its dirty little paw uh chimp prints chimp fingerprints opposable paws uh all, all over this movie that whole oh. movie kicks off with the idea that they're trying to cure alzheimer's oh, and right. using monkey right. yeah and then that the damned. genetic kind of uh, of it all and i remember when i saw the planet of the apes movie i remember thinking like that's a really good way to get me on board about questionable science because yeah. i do go like if they could clear cure alzheimer's uh, it's a, I could see this being an argument that I could be like down. And then, so same with uh, Deep Blue Sea, the fact that they're doing it to, I mean, what's going on in the juices of a shark brain? That I don't know. But why, why wasn't it they were trying to cure cancer because of that old wives tale that sharks don't get cancer, which is what they thought at the time, but not true. They do, but. Well, I saw this movie had like something like a dozen and a half screenwriters that like wrote on it. Babalu and Gans. (laughs) Gans and Babalu got in there. (laughs) But I I would probably think 
it was cancer for a really long time. Mm. And then the one contribution of one of the writing yeah. teams was you should make it Alzheimer's. Yeah. It's new. Yeah. It's that hot. Is depressing. Alzheimer's is hot right now. It is <laughs> hot. That and, uh, 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 um, oh God, what's the tick? Oh, Tourette's? No, no. Oh, <laughs> oh I'm sorry. I seriously answered. I wasn't making a joke. No, I know you did. And it was just a funny kind of different, um, how words can have different meanings. I meant tick the bug, not tick the spasm. Because <laughs> what's the disease you get from the, the condition you get from a tick? Oh, Lyons disease? Yes. Oh. oh my God, that is such a funny, you couldn't write such a funny miscommunication. Eat your heart out, Three's Company. Wait, I, I there's a further miscommunication because I thought you just said, I, I didn't mean tick the spasm, I meant tick the box. Bug. Oh, oh I thought you meant like, you tick know? the box, so like, I don't know where you were heading with tick the box, like get all the conditions in there. <gasps> Oh my! Well, now all all of them work. Yeah. I love all of them. But uh, yeah. Um, well, wait. So should we jump into this like scene Let's by scene? Dive into this deep blue scene by scene. Um, we had just watched. Uh, you don't need another deep blue pee, do you? If, if you need to, we can. I do. Thanks. Okay. Buddy. Okay. Thanks for making it seem like it's both of us. I've been drinking a lot of water. We'll be right back. With and With Gourley and Rust. All right, we're back. And we're uh, back. And truth be told, Gourley, I needed that deep blue. Once I got in there, I realized it was, it was good. Uh, as Salt and Peppa once said, very necessary. <laughs> uh, now, jumping into it scene by scene, as, as we're wont to do. Yes. Well, not scene by scene necessarily, just... Feeling by feeling. Yeah. Um, I did, at the top of my notes here, have a story um, that I did want to share about um, um, <laughs> the conversation I overheard between two uh, young gentlemen. So Do my, tell. my uh, uh, daughter uh, mm-hmm. is going to a, kind of like a day camp, outdoor camp uh-huh. thing for the last week. And what we do is we drop her off at a on, at a bus in the morning, and then she goes to the camp, and then the bus comes back and drops her off um, at the end of the day. We pick her up and go home. Uh, uh, so that meant that I got for the first time got to see her go on a big yellow school bus oh, and drive away. So oh like God. a lot of great feelings about that. That uh-huh. were very sweet. But uh, the. Um, on Monday morning, uh, <laughs> a couple days ago, I drop her off at the school, and it is a conversation between two eight to ten <laughs> uh, year old boys, two boys ranging from the ages of eight to ten on a Monday morning. So that means this kid is like so bursting at the seams to have this conversation because he's been waiting all weekend. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> So Mary's getting on. Uh, so my daughter's getting on the bus, and behind me, I'm hearing this conversation. It's a kid who's on the bus with the window down, already stoked to have this conversation with a kid who's walking up to the bus. Like he's already like, we gotta get this talk. Uh, I hear a voice behind me go, "Hey, hey, 
You see Alien vs. Predator? <laughs> oh! <laughs> no, but I listened to the With Gorley and Rust episode about it. Hey, that's my dad. <laughs> my dad's and Rust. Uh, so, this other kid, it's just like the best. I get to see this play out. The kid outside the bus hasn't seen it. But he's not going to want to like, but fuck this kid inside the bus who's like, have you seen it? Because he just saw it probably yeah. like the, that day, yeah. the night before. Or yeah. the, the Saturday. You haven't seen it? So this kid goes, he doesn't answer the question. And he goes, have you seen Alien versus Predator? <laughs> the kid's like, no, no, I haven't seen it. Like, oh, oh, oh. Have you seen Alien? Have you seen Predator? Then you've seen it. Yeah. Uh, but, um, it made me realize both in some ways we are those two boys. Yes. And then all the other thing was like, if we didn't quite say it when we talked about Alien versus Predator, this like PG 13 mashup of two properties, yeah. like that movie was made so that on a Monday morning, one kid, one nine-year-old kid Absolutely. would say to another nine-year-old kid outside the bus, have you seen Alien vs. <laughs> yes. Predator? Absolutely. And then that kid has to go home and beg his parents to take him to that movie. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. To put it in. Uh, oh, yeah. It was God. real. I was so happy to, to have witnessed that. That yeah. actually reminds me of a story that Michael Keaton told on this Conan podcast. I don't want to, it's not yeah, a spoiler. Yeah, it's yeah, just yeah. a little thing where he talks about, he was kind of that kind of kid and he had this friend and they would play army all day. And the friend was kind of like, he would say like, doesn't, he didn't have quite the same imagination or the dedication. And he would go home for dinner where Michael Keaton, I think was like the youngest of seven and wasn't being called home. And it was always like, you know, no, I, he would just play through lunch and just was into it. And the kid had to go home and he goes, no, wait, before you go, we need to do a trailer for what we're going to play tomorrow. So they, he made them act out like what they called back then a movie preview of the playing that they were going to oh, do tomorrow. That is such a great story. <laughs> what a great memory. Yeah. Yeah. Oh boy. Well, uh, logo, loco, logo, loco. Yes. The, that Warner brothers, uh, logo. God damn. And just all in all of its slick nineties mm-hmm. care, carefree nineties um, yeah, uh, Warner Brothers logo is my favorite of the logos it's of the studio great, logos, yeah. and um, yeah, it was nice to see see it there at the top. And then it turns to like water, basically, or it kind of has that like water effect come over it. Yeah, and like um, that underwater shot, it's unmistakable. That looks like Jaws. There's no way. Yeah. You could take a frame of that, like whatever that shot is of the camera looking up and the sun coming down yep. with silhouetted bodies. Oh, yeah. That just looks like Jaws. So I was yeah. so stoked just to see that Jaws. I know. And then, then we get to see this uh, boat of teens, sailboat yeah. of teens. Straight to- out of like a... Um. Uh. 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 uh, uh I saw you do it last. Yeah, summer. or Final Destination, or any of I that. I saw you Absol- do it. I last saw summer. you do it last summer. <laughs> Look, I'm not a killer or anything, but I'm a bit of a peeping tom, and so I don't have a hook on my hand, but I do wear a raincoat slicker. But that's because I get into some gross stuff. Uh. Anyway, don't mind me. Keep doing what you're doing. But uh, I, I did see you do it. I saw you do it last summer. Yeah, but I haven't seen you do it this summer. And yeah, if you I, are gonna. I, 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 
tip me off. Let me know. I'd love to come by. But this movie feels like it's like, okay, we're going to have a bunch of 20 somethings and oldies. Yeah. But don't worry, kids. Yeah. We got some tea. And it felt very like slasher movie. Like, yep. Group of kids out there yeah. on the boat. Now, this in some respects is like Jaws, but in many respects, it ain't no Jaws. <laughs> and the way it ain't no Jaws is they are just clearly in a tank in a studio yeah. like they're not no being adventurous like which is the, weird because they have this expansive ocean setting that they use but for this almost makes you think this is like somehow tacked on a hat on yeah but then they do movie dancing which i love because what's that it's Tell just me. when people dance in movies and you know that they're not dancing to anything that like the really music's played. yeah, there yeah. later. It happens in the um, surprise party too, where they just and everyone's very self conscious about it because people tend to dance the same like um, weird blocking that you get in. What were we watching? Were we doing a commentary recently? A sleepaway camp. Yeah, we were talking about the blocking. Oh, it's they all straight stand, lines. Yeah, straight facing camera. Well, two people dancing facing camera instead of at each other, like looking at each other. The other thing too that movies just like have such a hard time like getting down is the like talking at a volume over loud music in a room. Yeah. Like and uh have you had that experience as an actor? No. It's a it's a hard thing to like do. It's like yeah, really awkward and uh cuz there's no music but you have to shout kind of like there is music, right? Yeah. So it's really unnatural. Like, hey, I really like that dress you wore tonight. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 <laughs> yeah, but imagine a right, 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 yeah. right. Yeah, I think the best version of that I've seen is uh, now that we mentioned it is in the Social Network. There's a scene the uh, Jesse Eisenberg and Justin Timberlake are talking about the Victoria's oh, Secret yeah. scene, and then uh, they're like talking over loud club music. And yeah. I believe that. I believe yeah. that one. Yeah, uh, but uh, yeah. So those teenagers come, and then Thomas Jane rescues them. Or? I did not remember or expect that. But we're also forgetting that I, I don't think this is what this movie is saying is happening. It's just a moment, but it does seem like the red wine is almost like a blood call for the shark, like it's wine chum, and that this shark we later learn has a, a progressed brain and is suddenly like can appreciate, oh, that's a Malbec, you know, <laughs> 1987. I've got to get out there. Oh, there's people to eat. What a bonus. Oh wow, a full meal. I love that idea. That notion of like <laughs> To uh, like a, a a Paul Giamatti shark and a Tom, Thomas Hayden Church shark come up and sideways it up underneath. They're like, mm, I like the uh, and the other sharks like, I just came out here to get laid, man. What are we wasting our time on this wine tasting? And then Thomas Jane shows up and he's like, Aren't I kind of you, Thomas Hayden Church? This is weird. We're in the same scene. <laughs> <laughs> Two Thomases who are sandy blondes and rugged looking. Yeah, but mine's real. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> now I uh I, I quite like Thomas Jane. Yeah, I do too. Um and not that was said in a tone like now easy, Mr. Gorley. I quite like uh, him. Well I hate him. But uh and I think he's uh uh, pretty good in this movie. Yeah, and uh, <laughs> uh, the, the two people I was watching with, they really liked. Oh them. yeah, yeah. Well, uh, did you ever watch Hung? Do you remember that show? I never watched it, but I re do recall it was pretty good. Yeah, it was about a, a guy whose dick um, is too big for his life. No, he's a male prostitute. He has oh. a big dick. Yeah, so. <laughs> he has like a female pimp that pimps him out to like upper middle class women in Detroit. 
Oh wow! So does he um uh, meet um um Jack White's wife? What? She... I imagine Jack White's pretty powerful in Detroit. <laughs> I thought you meant like she has a notoriously huge vagina. <laughs> no. <laughs> no, no, no. But uh, old uh, Meg White, Megalodon White. <laughs> uh, but. There was a, a moment of an exchange that happened when we were watching the movie where, and I brought this up like five minutes later, but we were watching it and he appears on screen and Leslie and Claudia kind of went like, oh, it's so hot. Wow. And I went, yeah. <laughs> and for like five minutes, I was in my head. I'm like, why'd you say it like that? <laughs> And then, and then after five minutes, I said to them, hey, just so you know, for the last five minutes, I've been into my head about what you guys said. He's so sexy. And I went, yeah. <laughs> then they laughed. And I agree I'm, with you. I mean, he's got it. He was a pretty, was he a good Punisher? Did I see that Punisher? I may not have seen that Punisher. Is a, is a, is a good Punisher a good Punisher? He played, Maybe should it be a bad, a bad Punisher. bad Punisher. He was the second Punisher of the three failed Punisher movies. Oh my God. I didn't know that there were three different ones. Yeah. Well, who was the first Punisher? Oh, was that Dolph Lundgren? Yes. Okay. Dolph Lundgren, then Lundgren. Thomas Jane, and then Ray... Uh, Fines. Yep, it was Ray Fines, and it was just last year. Oh, there was a new Punisher. Ray... W- Ray Winstone. W- Winstone. <laughs> I'm the Punisher. Jonesy! <laughs> Jonesy! They're capitalists and I pay... Oh, Ray, 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 Ray. Oh, Ray Liotta. That's it. <laughs> Ever since. Oh, then. no, 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 no. Another funny Ray. That could have been me. Ray Romano is the Punisher. <laughs> hey, I'm punish you tonight. You killed my wife and my daughters. Everybody Ray, hates the Punisher. Hey, Punisher. Why, is, why do my parents love you more than me? <laughs> Wait, I was Googling the Punisher. First of all, I put in the publisher and that didn't come up. The publisher? But there's also a fourth because there's the show, the Netflix show with, what's his name? Oh, God. What's oh. his name? John Bernthal. Oh, four Punishers. Yeah. That's uh, and so. Punishment at home. <laughs> so they keep trying. Yeah, they really do. They really want this Punisher uh, property to take off. Thomas Jane. In the uh, film had John world, Travolta I mean. as the villain. I remember Travolta was in it. But what is the other Punisher? Uh, and then Ray. Oh God. Oh Ray Donovan. Ray Ray. Don- <laughs> Ray Donovan was the other Punisher. Uh, Did I ever tell you once I was in a bathroom and uh, I was on a, a thing where different shows were shooting and I heard two crew guys bump into each other in the bathroom and I heard one go. Hey, hey, good to see you. The other guy was like, good to see you too. What are you working on here? The other guy went, oh, Ray. And he didn't. What? He, oh, it takes too much time to say Ray Donovan. <laughs> and you're supposed to know. They're supposed <laughs> what to know. The, the abbreviation for your show that you were. My on. God. Working on Ray. The, uh, the Ray Charles biopic from a decade ago? You're working on that? <laughs> yeah, I'm doing some DVD menus. Working on Ray. <laughs> the uh, Ray Stevenson is his name. Ah. Wait, so... Wait, at first when he said Ray Stevens, I thought you meant the, the funny man of country western oh, rock. Ray Stevenson. 
His son. His yes. Oh my god. This the streak part two was written by <laughs> <laughs> Who's so who's the bad guy in the first Punisher? It's Yaron Krabe. Joey Travolta. Oh. Who's the bad guy in the Punisher? It's Yaron Krabe, who's the bad guy in Living Daylights, I think. And so Thomas Jane as the Punisher was post Deep Blue Sea. Yeah, it was 2004. Okay, so yeah, uh, people might have seen him in 97 at Boogie Nights, but yeah. this was his first like real Thomas yeah. Jane uh, is acting in a big studio movie. Right, his first big lead. The other actors in this, it's, it's a regular who's who. I know, uh, Stellan Skarsgård. Yeah, you got that guy, and then you got the um, actress from The Sopranos. Oh yeah, Janice. Ida Tuturo. Yeah. You got Michael Rapoport. Yeah, I didn't know... That this was going to be such an ensemble. Yeah. It has like real kind of fun disaster movie vibes. Yeah, where they that's like, it. You get the each character kind of set up in fun ways at the yep. beginning. And then you're sort of like, how are they all going to get together? How is each character going to kind of have to behave when they're around this guy who I know is this way and this way? Uh, Rappaport, though, as nerd is a bit of a... Yeah. That's, that's a stretch. It's, it's weird because he would... He kept kind of like getting insecure about it. Like, why wouldn't I know that? You know? <laughs> yeah. Which is also like, wait, was that written in or do we need Did to make... it? Was he like, people don't take me as a nerd enough. I just imagine he should be like at all times like spinning a basketball at his fingers. I know, I know. <laughs> or trying to like get poker game going. Although he does mention poker in this movie. Uh, um, well... Are we out of the first scene? Okay, so yeah. Um, I just got. I think so. Yeah, uh, a huge I, cameo in this movie. Thomas Jane n- and not Ronnie Cox. Uh, yeah, but there's a he- bigger cameo that's ooh, not even ro- the Bonaventure Hotel. How did I not notice her? It's right before they go to Ronnie Cox in that LA scene, and then they just pan right by it in the. Oh, oh beautiful! Now I mm, maybe somebody's already doing this work online, so I don't want to add to your. Workload, especially as an upcoming father. But if you did a letterboxed list of Bonaventure oh, uh, movies, that could yeah, be cool. Yeah. Uh, that's a good idea. I need to outsource that, though. I need a hive mind to, to collect those because I'm sure there's a bunch I don't know of. I know there's a uh, – what's the, sh- the movie? It's on Amazon Prime, L.A. Oh, Los Angeles Plays Itself? Yeah. Yeah, I love that. I think the same guy did something about the Bonaventure. Really? I think. Oh, oh wow. That's cool. Up. He's got a section in the documentary about the Bonaventure. That must uh, be it. That's what I'm thinking Well, of. no, but he yeah. could have been inspired to like, hey, this thing deserves yeah. it. Yeah. Um, I mean, that, just the way it looks, it feels like it can only be like photographed on film with a certain type of like 80s 90s i know that orange haze yeah 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 and i've been having this thought recently just watching crap from the 90s like this yeah uh crap i love but like uh it is something when things are shot on film the dumbest crappiest movie looks better with the texture and shadows and colors of it all that we know yeah. come from film look better than your average oscar bait movie that comes I out know. now shot digitally yeah like those things like such i mean i know. I know that it's like trade-off or like now a lot of independent movies if people have skill they can look amazing because you're able to like 
yeah. photograph stuff so well, like with the cameras, but just like Deep Blue Sea, just like is taken, it just is a full letter grade better yeah. because now you and your imagination, you're like if this was shot, this would not look oh, as God, pretty. It would look horrible. It would look like Jason X. Wasn't Jason X digital? Yeah, Jason yeah. X was like one of the yeah first. Um, yeah, yeah. This would have been too. Right, yeah. If this had gone digi, yeah, digi. Oh no! And look, you, you use the word dodgy. That's right. There's yeah. some of these sharks. It's such a crazy combo. The prosthetics are, without a doubt, better than any of the prosthetics in any of the Jaws movie. The prosthetic oh, sharks, the animatronic sharks, the animatronic oh, ones God, are so good, so uh, so great. good that I was doubting they were animatronic. I'm like, are they shooting with real sharks? I know they did with one moment. When he's swimming along next to that shark, I was like, that is amazing looking. So it does make you go like, why are they using the CGI? I, I mean, I love the dodgy CGI of it all. Yeah, like, but when they would, especially Rappaport's a, death. Oh, holy God, cow! That like <laughs> cartoon video game yeah. wobble to his body. <laughs> Same when they kill Dr. Oh, I lost it. Dr. Oh, God. Spanky. Dr. Spanky. Dr. Susan McAllister. Yes. And she just kind of, yeah, when they flop around. <gasps> oh, but I yeah. read about the animatronics that they did something that they were surprised Jaws never did. And that was articulate the fact that a shark's jaws are not connected by bone to its skull. So they're floating and I guess are connected by muscles and tendons so that that's why when there was one shot of one of these sharks when it chomps it kind of like its jaws oh it can kind of low that's why it was doing the like well it like pulses out with its from its gums or something yeah it was really cool well now i'm learning that like sharks jaws aren't really fully connected to their heads i guess mind-blowing i know like that movie jaws could theoretically just be about his jaws and that it could have been a whole other movie called like the rest of the body. Yeah. Like a disembodied set of jaws just floating <laughs> around underwater. That's a way better movie than whatever crap they made. I know that shit. Blow those stupid many years movie. ago. Stupid. Um, so yeah, then they, yeah, they jump right to it because the license plate scene is right after. Yeah. That. So they're unabashed. Um, she calls some of the sharks normals. Like the uh, kid outside the new art, uh, what I was, he was waiting to go into Rocky Horror. <laughs> uh, uh, oh, can we now the CGI is dodgy in the when that those sharks attack the shark scene, like, yeah, ooh, the shark is the bait or something, yeah, which also I kind of go on, like, do animals eat their own species? Like, I don't know, this also, there's a few things in this that reminded me of Alien Resurrection, the water, yes. The facts that aliens eat another alien, the sharks eat another, the, the the look of it felt very alien resurrection. I had a moment when you were saying like the theater response to like the weird um, or the, the like phoniness of the monologue that Samuel Jackson is giving to lure people in. Yeah. It made me think of like when I was sitting in the theater for Alien Resurrection mm-hmm. that like the vibe felt a little bit like we're getting pranked on or something. Uh, yeah. Like it does feel, this doesn't feel like a regular movie in this genre. It does feel like that director was like, uh, I'm not really like these movies are, are a little too, they take themselves too seriously. Yeah. So I'm going to take the piss out of them a little bit and make fun of them, but not in a good like self parody way, but kind of like, yeah. I'm not going to give the people that like these, I don't like the people that like these alien movies. 
I'm going to fuck with them a little bit or something. I'm oh, well, totally what's interesting about that, that up, yeah, no, is that Rennie Harlan for a long time was in the development for Alien 3. That's right. And so, and uh, huh. there are parts of this that are unabashed, like yeah. Alien C, yeah. like where people are walking down like machinery yeah. corridors uh, yeah. and uh, having to like, yeah, walk up an elevator quickly. It's yeah. uh, like, uh, but yeah, it definitely feels like a, if, Rennie Harlan had made a sequel to Alien where it was just sharks. Yeah. Instead. I like your point too of like, could we ever go back uh, to go back to your point about the a soul shark movie? It's a little bit of like the question with Alien. Yeah. Which is like, could you ever go back to a single Alien movie and have it be like work? I mean, that's like what Alien 3 tried to do. So, you mean like an actual in the Alien franchise or like another movie that just has an alien killing people? Oh, I meant the franchise, but maybe both like also like anything inspired by could like somebody a, have yeah, the like. It'd be tough. It'd yeah. be really tough because you would just how could you not compare it? I mean, you first of all, you'd have to make the alien look totally different, which is an advantage to an alien film. But a shark film, you just can't unless it's yeah. like Hammerhead Shark or or, <laughs> or like. I don't know why. Oh my god, a hammerhead shark movie would be good. I love hammerhead sharks. Yeah, they why aren't they short like shrift? Yeah. The only time you see anything with a hammerhead shark was whatever Pirates of the Caribbean movie that was. One of the one of the weird Davy Jones guys was a hammerhead shark. I feel like a hammerhead shark could really like is suited best for like a Mary Melodies cartoon where an animated ah. cartoon shark like has a there's a, a fish nail that like or. A nail shark, and the hammerhead <laughs> oh, shark comes yes. and like pounds down the nail shark. Or <laughs> Absolutely, something. Yeah, yeah. When uh, <laughs> early on, when we told my brother that Amanda was pregnant, the first thing they did was send us this specific type of body pillow for her because it's one that my sister-in-law had oh, used. Nice. And they listened to this, by the way, Brenny and Jess. Hey, thank you for this gift. And it's shaped like half a hammerhead shark. So if you cut, bisected oh. a hammerhead shark down the middle, long ways. And so it it goes it's long and thin and then takes a a you know 90 yeah. degree turn but it's like heather gray and it has these weird kind of ah! like uh like uh, curved sides yeah. and I tried this thing out and I loved it so much so I ordered one hey! for me and when you put them in the bed together like you could go look at our bed right now if they're placed together it looks like there's a dead hammerhead shark in our bed together like oh when you yeah. uh, that's great uh the the shape of a hammerhead shark is a very satisfying shape. What is it? Yeah, it's just also all sharks look alike except this one guy, yeah. the hammerhead, who's like, "Hey, I'm going to take a different path evolutionarily. The rest of you, just stay looking yeah. like you are. You know, your tigers, your makos, your great whites. But he has whites, to be seeing all, all these alike. shark movies coming out and going like, "Where's I don't have star potential with this hammerhead over here. I'm the only one that's doing something different. And also, why did that shark suddenly evolve these huge... Hammerhead. Like head annexes, projections. (laughs) What's going on? Hammerhead shark, your day is due. Yeah, it really is due. We want a movie for you big time, buddy. Maybe I I want him to win a goddamn Oscar. I want him to outrun all the other sharks and uh, win the gold. Also, what a great title. Hammerhead. Oh, Perfect title. People know exactly what they're going to get. They're going to get a shark whose head looks like a goddamn hammer. I know. It also makes you realize that clearly hammerhead sharks were not discovered until after the hammer had been invented. (laughs) Right. Unless it was like, 
they always called it the hammerhead shark, and then when the invention, the hammer came along, yeah, they're like, oh, what, what do we call this? What well, kind of looks like the head of that thing we've been calling hammerhead? Why not? Uh, uh, the um, uh, uh, when you mentioned a hammerhead, the first thing that popped in my head was there was a fruit snack that was like shark bites. Oh, I remember those. And there was yeah. a hammerhead yeah. shaped uh, fruit snack that I loved chewing on. Oh. Bring back shark bites too. Yeah. Have a hammerhead movie come out and have a tie-in with shark bites coming back in fruit snack form. God damn, your mouth to God's ears. Yeah, literally. Yeah. I bet God would like some fruit snacks in his oh. ears. Uh the um Okay, so then when they get there, uh where when those sharks attack the shark, what I was gonna say was it's all happening when they're in a I want an underwater tunnel. Man. Oh. Who doesn't? Now, I know that there was one in Jaws 3D that was kind of like a... But that was on the ground. I like the idea of a tunnel between that's elevated within the water, underwater. Do you know what I'm yeah, saying? Yeah, yeah. But like, you're, are you talking about the one they swim in, the mesh? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I love that. I know. That's a great invention. Oh, that's yeah. so cool. I mean, I don't know if I necessarily want to be swimming around there with sharks. Would you go in a shark cage? Never. You wouldn't? Never, never, never. Okay. Yeah. Oh, that's right. Yeah. I, I mean, I would never even want to. I'm loving these underwater tunnels here, but I would never swim in it. Oh, I yeah. just maybe like graphically, I like that yeah. a lot. Yeah. It scratches a cool itch of yeah. like, it's kind of like under uh, uh, hidden tunnels in a house mixed with oh, like yeah, space true. station, sea stations. Yeah. Stuff. Absolutely. Um, now, the. Uh, when they get in there, when the sharks are attacking that shark, I did like the moment where they're watching uh, the surveillance TVs. <laughs> that shark comes over and he gets his face close to the TV. Oh, yeah. And it cuts out. Because <laughs> he did he bang it too hard? <laughs> yeah, I guess he banged the camera. Or it was like, yeah. oh, shark. Shouldn't have given us brains. <laughs> One plus two is four. Well, look, I can do math. I just can't do it well. But aren't you still impressed? <laughs> yeah, if I typed out a sentence, even if it wasn't grammatically correct, yeah. you guys would still be impressed. Something that's shark more than it. we could do. Uh, and they have those. Uh, uh, this is similar to what you were saying about the teeth that can aren't attached to the skull. Those multi rows of oh, teeth yeah. Yeah. is also very cool. And they accentuated those, so they were like it felt like almost like a a plow. It was just like they were sticking back in its own mouth, Ooh, and yeah. it must have been uncomfortable. Yeah, I wouldn't want to get in the teeth of that guy. Me either. No boy. No way. It'd be like one of those um, uh, banana clips. Do you ever get your finger in one of those? Yeah, oh yeah. It hurts. No, imagine. (laughs) Um, Now, Thomas Jane, in that moment, he, or or maybe not in this moment, uh, he uses himself as bait, right? Is that what was happening? Yeah. Like there's a moment like, why is he going out? And then he's like, doing it. Yeah. What's his story here? He's just like a, is he like the Quint? Does he? But he doesn't kind kill of. sharks. He just like is a whisperer. He's more like a Clint Eastwood or something. Like he, because he has a checkered past, mm. but he's done the time for the crime. He's a gunslinger that they bring in when they, yeah, yeah. And he's just the hired shark wrangler. He's, uh-huh. he's the yeah. I guess he is like a shark whisperer. And I like the the idea that like yeah, this checkered past is the thing that she hires him for. Like, I thought that was like an interesting little plot that was unfolding them. And yeah. I was like, that's what I was talking about with the character development. They kind of yeah. do reveal stuff. I was like, she's doing something slightly shady. So it'd be good to have someone who's not going to. Yeah. And I like the like grunt who realizes he was like, 
being used mm-hmm. like a handsome guy like Thomas Jane being like, were you just using me for my muscle yeah. and that I'm a bit of a bad boy with a checkered past yeah, and I'm hung. <laughs> and he was supposed to be uh, originally Don Draper. Did you know that? Really? Yeah. Wait, Thomas Jane was mm-hmm. supposed to be Don Draper? Yeah. Oh. Wow. And then uh, at the last, maybe not the last, last minute, but due to contract stuff, it just couldn't get figured out. And so they went with an unknown instead. Whoa. But, um, I did not know that. Wow. You know, sometimes you hear those things and you go like, ugh, I can't. But I think that'd be pretty good. Yeah. Thomas Jane is Don Although Draper. Although it would be tough to beat John Hamm for me in that, just sure. the way he looks. Yeah. Yeah, if John Hamm... If you're born looking like that and then you heard Mad Men like was a show, yeah. you'd be like, I came out into Earth looking like this so I could be walking oh, around know. at an advertising agency in the I 60s. still always thought he, you know, I'm not alone, but I do think he would have been a great Batman too. Oh, I thought you were going to say Superman. I know well, he's maybe too. too old now, but because yeah. uh, uh, I, I like my Superman to be 15, 14 <laughs> years old. Not me. I want that three. It's sort of like the newborn in the red towel. I want a the movie satin, about that the guy. Red satin towel. Krypton. Yeah. Janice says in this, sharks do not swim backwards, but then these ones learn to swim backwards. But it doesn't make sense to me that just because they have brain power, their fins can suddenly work differently. Like they don't. Do right. They, it's like just because if I got really smart, doesn't mean I can fly. Right. Yeah. They can only forward propel the way that they are physiologically built, I believe. Yeah. And doesn't, don't they say, like, uh, I think Woody Allen said this, but, but now it's just entered the, like, a relationship is like a shark. It can only move forward or it dies. Yeah. Uh, what does that mean? The shark, when it goes backwards, it's like reminiscing on the past. Oh my God. I miss. <sighs> Her kisses. No. What are you doing, shark? It dies and goes to a different life, like to a past life. Oh, <laughs> oh my God. If the brain juices of a shark could unlock like past lives, Whoa. like that was one of the side effects of the Alzheimer's medication is that like you don't have Alzheimer's as bad, but you like, get extra memories. Yes. Instead of losing memories, you get Ooh. extra memories. And you're like, wow, I was Gandhi. Gorley, that's a Philip K. Dick book written ready to be written by you extra by me you're the one who came up with the idea of like (laughs) you get too many memories well i'll get on it before this episode comes out tomorrow (laughs) (laughs) and goes into the ether but everybody's writing this book it's the most quickly written like college (laughs) essay-esque novel (laughs) and then i just mail it to myself too late Dude, you can do that with weed too, you know, man. You can mail it to yourself? Yeah, mail it to yourself in a letter. Mail it to yourself in a letter. (laughs) That's the Steely Dan line. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, is that what he's talking about? I think. Steely Dan. Steely, my dad. Dan Steely. (laughs) Dan Steely. Now, um, uh, there's a part with uh, Skarsgård, Skarsgård, Stellan Skarsgård. Okay, yeah, and um, he uh, lights up a cigarette, and the um, his wife or his lover, yeah, looks over at him, like, "Are you gonna really do that?" Now, at the time, you don't really know that they're a couple, right? So when she's looking at him, light up a cigarette, I thought it was like, "Are you crazy? We're surrounded by water." I thought. <laughs> <laughs> what are you 
can throw a cigarette into that water. This place could blow sky low. <laughs> Are you crazy? That's 100% H2O. You're going to introduce fire? Oh, God, that's funny. I guess she was supposed to be pregnant, but they cut that out of the movie. Oh, I wish they would have done that with a Friday the 13th Part 3. Remember how all that character, that one character's the movie's like, I'm pregnant, la la la, I'm pregnant. Nope, can't drink beer, I'm pregnant. I <laughs> she gets killed, like, that. uh, Jason killed a pregnant woman. I, can't, I need to rewatch that movie. That is the one <laughs> oh, that is Oh, you the have to rewatch Friday the 13th Part 3 as, as much as you can get, man. I know, that's the one that I think I don't appreciate enough, obviously. I gotta give it another I shot. think it's now the one I've watched the most. I know, Even yeah. though it's not my favorite, I love. That's interesting. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I mean, it's classic, uh. First sight of that hockey mask. That's yeah, good. Yeah. Um, <laughs> now, um, when they bring that shark in to extract the juice from its brain. Yeah. Um, so not the model. The No, but that model's cool. Yeah. And um, and good setup for a good payoff later yeah, on, too. Yeah. What, uh, what that... Um, uh, I was hoping, though, that they didn't do with the the payoff later you know that moment you're talking about right where you think it's a real shark coming at her and then it's revealed to be the model i was hoping that they were gonna make like a uh like do an old-fashioned comedy gag out of like the real one that comes but she still thinks it's the fake one so she like passes like like, yeah yeah Yeah. whatever (laughs) dummy shark oh shit i put my head in your mouth too once bitten twice try quite literally (laughs) what (laughs) the guy from jaws pops up (laughs) oh what but the uh um yeah when she's brought in when and they hook it up and they're kind of like having that flushing water go by oh, the yeah. first of all that looked so relaxing it seems like it should be like <laughs> tell a, it to the shark yeah well is that why they're it's almost seemed like if you go into a you know a beauty salon yeah when they like scrub your hair oh yeah it seemed like they were putting the shark in like one of those yeah, like little beauty salon yeah. scenes would you like a glass of water with a cucumber in it or a corona <laughs> what I don't know. I just had a haircut once offered me a Corona. They, I've been offered coffee, water, or wine, like white wine before when I'm getting my haircut. Wow. And, uh, but you got offered a Corona. That's cool. That's like the dudes. Like, yeah, it you might want a have beer just while you're getting your haircut, man. Some guy in a house. It wasn't, I don't know what it was. Oh. <laughs> no, it was a salon. You say this is a barbershop, sir. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 <laughs> you want another beer? That's what it is, a barbershop. Come on in. Uh now um there was also one moment, um, I don't know if you noticed where Samuel L. Jackson is like looking above the monitor at the monitor. It's like this really weird moment. He was behind it. They yeah. were all looking at it and he was just looking at the back of it, but commenting on it. Yeah, he's behind yeah, That's the bo- bad direction. And, yeah, and like there's a part where he's kind of like referencing the thing on screen. Yeah. And he's just kind of like behind it and above it. It's like, I don't think he... Now, my question was like, is this to avoid the Jurassic Park of it all? Well, like, how so? Excuse me. Like Samuel Jackson sitting in front of a computer screen that's telling them oh, about like the bad stuff that's going to hold gonna... on to your butts or yeah. whatever it is. Yeah. Um, or is it just like, hmm. 
Samuel Jackson is like uh I've seen it before. Yeah, you don't have I don't have to go over and look yeah. at somebody's computer screen. Yeah. <laughs> That's that... for dorks. <laughs> um and then that guy's arm gets bitten off. Oh, that was amazing sequence too. Holy that whole sequence? That whole sequence is so good. And then it's followed up by the elevator shaft sequence. Yes. The action sequences, the set pieces in this really great. top notch. Yeah. 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 This sequence, God, where he gets pulled up on that thing and then used as a bait. And, oh. oh yeah. When um the later whole, when he it comes, all unfolds. Yeah. Oh yeah. I it's mean long. That whole sequence right from then then the water hitting the station. Yeah. And knocking him down. I love that stuff, how it's all like getting um yeah, it just all starts falling apart at once in a really exciting way. And then yeah, the sharks have the like the ability for like psychological torture where they in his little strapped in gurney, they like push it up against the glass to like freak everybody out. Yeah, and he's still alive. Yeah, these sharks are twisted. Yeah, they are. It reminded me a little bit of the Independence Day Brent Spiner against the oh, glass yeah. of it all. Yeah, that's right. I mean, this movie, I think, is a collection of some of the best it scenes in 90s movies. Is. I think you're right. Yeah. Um, now, uh, yeah, the shark pulling the helicopter down, them exploding. I thought the fireballs were a little excessive. It seemed like there were more fireballs than for the yeah. action that was. Uh, I'm just realizing that that helicopter goes down the minute headquarters isn't hearing back from this helicopter, they would have sent, or was the storm too bad? Because it is weird yeah. at the end when they just, the weekend workers show up like, here we are, or the weekday right. workers. Right, nobody was like alerted at all that. Yeah. Is it because they, what they were doing a sort of hush-hush? But the helicopter wouldn't know that. The helicopter yeah. people would go like, hey, whatever yeah. happened to those Brodies down by the station? Yeah. Um. Do you think... Um. Hmm. Yeah, because I like the part where the um. I don't know if, the, if this is happening at the end of that sequence, but when the room starts filling up with water, there was it was like half Poseidon, mm, yeah, like adventure, but also um. I know they touch on a little bit in Jaws 3D, but the idea of that you're in a room that's slowly filling up with water that will have a shark in it is really good. Yeah. Yeah. Really effective. Uh, oh my God. I wouldn't want to be there. No way. Um, what were you going to, uh, the, the other thing that I was going to say that I really liked is there's, there's like that when they have to go to the, I like a good, like, let's look at the map. Yeah. And figure out what we're oh, going to yeah, do in this too. map. So that's already good. Yeah. But then when it's that graphic on the wall, that's like the, the, like you are here mall. Yeah. Yes. Map. That can light up. Yes. That is good. I wish every movie had like a light up map. See <laughs> <laughs> every home. Yes. Every home should have a directory. Oh my God. That you put your finger on and the yeah. sensor. Yeah. How much better would have a movie like in the bedroom been if they had like uh, a, a wall, a light up wall map diagram? Our son was senselessly murdered over here. Um, now, LL Cool J has a lot of doozies in this movie. He sure he's gets a lot doozy of packed, and so is his parrot. How have we? How long has this podcast? 
episode gone and we haven't mentioned I know. this goddamn well, parrot. I think I have a theory that along with Dr. Uh, Susan McAllister, <laughs> in order to justify killing this parrot, they had to make the parrot an asshole so you wouldn't feel bad for the parrot. The parrot actually had a lot of scenes where he was kind, but Reddy Harlan took them out because yeah. it made it complicated. They had to do them. reshoots. Yeah, the the I felt like the parrot existed in there also because it was like... A, how are we going to justify LL Cool J talking out loud this oh, much to himself? Right. It's like, got to be. Let's give him a parrot that he's like <laughs> bouncing ideas off of. A I parrot. mean, my favorite quip that he had was he's like about to drown in water that's like filling up in this corridor and he sees a playboy. And even though he should be fighting for his life, he'll take some time to make a joke about how he hopes he survives this because... He also wants to eventually put his body into one of a naked lady like this. <laughs> I didn't even get to process it that much, but when you say it, yeah, it's floating by, and he's like, oh looks at, he's like, oh god, I can't wait to. I hope I survive this, so I can read more Playboys. <laughs> this is just showing me what I'll be missing out on if I die. Playboy. That was the parrot dead by then, or was the parrot? I can't remember. Because, yeah, the parrot was like, "You're at it again." I, I learned the strangest bit of IMDb trivia, which I, you know, is always. It's not only is that trivia always dubious; it's the perspective <laughs> of the people writing it is often weird. So this one was like. <laughs> Well, this movie couldn't get a professionally trained parrot from the United States, so they had to use two Mexican parrots, <laughs> one that could fly and one that could talk. That's like from the perspective of the 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 train the parrot trainer who like has a parrot that can do tricks and talk. Yeah. And so it's like I bet yeah. they got one of those. I know. It's like a tinge of weird racism of like Nobody trains right. animals better than Americans do. <laughs> I my favorite IMDb who's writing this credit is when uh, a movie's trivia will be like so and so auditioned for this part. And it's like Oh yeah. Uh I kind of feeling that the this actor is going on to be like, I auditioned to play uh <laughs> um uh Thomas Jane's part. Um <laughs> That was the funniest character I could go up with. Her. <laughs> Thomas Jane's part. What is his name? Carter Blake. Carter Blake. <laughs> that is a ad lib of action hero. Hey, Carter's a cool first name. Yeah, yeah but what's a cooler last name? Blake. Really? My name's I'm Michael Rapport. I'm playing Tom Scoggins. <laughs> I'm Stellan Skarsgård. I'm playing Jim Whitlock. Really? Yes. Jim Whitlock. James Whitlock is your... The very same, yes. That is who I am. Uh. A little Wado-ish there at the end. Uh, oh, no. Oh, I know smoke in here. Too much water. I wish uh, Annie, I wish we had so much water on Tatooine. What do you think? Play my chance cube. I get you this time, Outlander. Oh, finish the race. I'm going to explode. <laughs> I apologize. No, no, no. I apologize. Apologize for stopping. I apologize. Uh, 
And also, I, I felt like the parrot had kind of Jonesy vibes, Jonesy the cat vibes, too. Yeah, like, that's maybe a little subversion is... there, too, right? Ooh, yeah. Yeah, you're right. And then this one, it ain't no cat. It's a bird. Yeah. And this bird doesn't survive. And this bird's an asshole. And I, he calls little, little, little Cool J an asshole. Why, why did I call him little, little Cool J? <laughs> it's lady lo- ladies love That's cool right, J, ladies yeah. love Cool J, yeah. Because, uh, yeah, he flies into the mouth of the, the shark, eats the parrot. Yeah. I love that oven scene. I know. With the, where he gets into the oven. That felt like almost like Spielberg, like a Jurassic Park. It did, because it yeah. had that escalation of like yeah. the shark's out to kill him, but then the shark turns on the oven and you thought you were going to die by shark, but you might actually be broiled. <laughs> Yes, and then he has to crack out of that and escape. That was all really uh, fun. And then kills him with that device, yeah. Yeah. Um, Hey, if I was going to get attacked by sharks, I'd want LL Cool J on my side. Yeah. He seems to be doing a pretty good job. Land lovers love Cool J. (laughs) uh, Also, like, that oven scene does end with him saying, you ate my bird. (laughs) Uh, I was gonna eat that bird. Uh, also, as Leslie pointed out, she was like, "You gotta love an underwater pinstripe pants shot." I know. <laughs> oh God, that's right. <laughs> See pinstripe pants kind of like float and undulate. It's just it's it's cognitively dissonant. You don't expect anyone to ever have pinstripes underwater. No one has a pinstripe wetsuit. Oh my gosh, but if somebody wanted to look dashing underwater. Yeah. Charles or uh, Roger Stone, if he ever goes <laughs> scuba diving. Uh, and this is also around the time that we get the revelation that there's a protein that she's giving the sharks. Yes. That is making them stronger, smarter. Deadlier, (laughs) Um, faster, stronger, smarter, and then that kicks into the Samuel Samuel L. Jackson crazy death. Which was there? We talked about that, but was there anything? I don't got anything else on that. Just that I love it. uh, What a surprise it was! Um, And then yes, oh my gosh, this movie. um, I found every scene leading up to the action entertaining because I was enjoying all the characters and stuff. But then, yeah, once it gets into them going up that like um, ladder in a tunnel that's like filling up with water and there's fire at the top and sharks at the bottom. It's crazy. Oh my God, what a fun movie. It's like an eight-year-old kid was like, what's the worst that could happen? Oh my God, it's those two kids on the bus. I was going to say, those two kids on the bus, I I think wrote Deep Blue Sea. Yeah. Yeah. And then the fact that... They have to, he has to go open the door to the second level to allow it to pressurize and not flood them up. Yeah, that is such all like movie, video yeah. game, comic oh, book. You gotta know, you have to get through the pressurized thing, the yeah. middle. Yeah, it's the best. There's a couple of Mandela effects I have with this movie. Okay. So when he's trying to get Janice out of that water. <laughs> Janice. Janice. I remember her getting bitten in half and him still holding her. Oh. Or at least I think like that's supposed uh-huh. what's supposed to happen. It doesn't happen. Yeah. Also, this one's so stupid, but I bet other people have this Mandela effect. At the end, when Dr. Susan McAllister <laughs> cuts her hand and sacrifices her and jumps in the water, and the shark is at the other end of the, trying to get through that thing and pauses, I distinctly <laughs> remember, and I, it must be wishful thinking, the shark goes, 
<laughs> like, <laughs> like has a sniff moment. <laughs> like whether you don't, you probably don't hear that, but I thought I remember is like snout kind of do like a, mm, it's either wine or blood. And I love <laughs> like both. Favorites. Yeah. <laughs> Cause they good. do kind of factor in a roar at one point in this movie too. You hear the shark, whether it's like trying to be plausibly denied as a sound effect or not, it oh, serves yeah. both purposes. I, I would have bought this movie if they started talking. <laughs> and like when she cut up her hand, he went, blood? Uh, mm, soup's on! <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Chow time! <laughs> I'm hungry. Uh, <laughs> that is a really funny though. I would love to see like a uh, the nostrils of a shark go sniff sniff. <laughs> That'd be very funny. Um, the um, wait, is that in Little Mermaid? Maybe I'm actually thinking or Finding Nemo or something. A sniffing fish, sniffing shark. It oh. might be. Maybe that's also what I'm remembering it from. What if we Google sniffing shark and it's like um the secret code words to be invited to the Illuminati. Let's find out. Yeah, it's yeah, also okay. probably a deviant sex term, but let's see. <laughs> it's either or. We'll find out. I did a sniffing, sniffing shark. shark. Uh, uh, how about a, a lawyer coming out of the bathroom? Sniffing shark. <laughs> <laughs> uh, it just goes to a company called Wire Shark, which is what? A, a free and open source packet analyzer. You know. Oh, yeah. Nothing for snick, sniffing shark. Wow. Hmm. Too bad. Too bad. Well, I love the idea of the a graphic of a cartoon shark sniffing. Yeah. Um. The you know what I don't. Oh, and but I do like that weird that shark. She dies like, uh, or I had mixed feelings about like on her crotch. Yeah. Between the legs? Yeah. Now, we've watched some shark movies. We haven't seen that, but that no. seems like a... Where is there... Nothing comes close to that in the Jaws movies, right? Where somebody kind of like, they're no. kind of riding it like a saddle? No, Like I in between the mouth? So. I don't believe so. They they knew what they were doing. They were going for some new territory. Well, it's a little bit of a weird kind of like mixture, because I know that like the what is it the uh, uh vagina dentata is yeah. like the uh, its own kind of like thing yeah and i've heard red jaw stuff before where people are like that is suggesting that and also a lot of times because jaws in your mind is female and mother and yeah. like um but i thought like the two of them together was like too much like open mouth jaw and crotch was just like yeah it's like are they trying to go for like the mythical battle royale here or what is yeah <laughs> i don't know what well, also that she was supposed to be like i'm glad they cut it out that oh, she was like pregnant. pregnant yeah that's like really kind of vile then really is yeah. i mean they're making these sharks real nasty yeah they're vicious dudes um <clears throat> But what I was going to say I really don't like is people's eyes underwater when they're being filmed. I know. It's weird. Mm. Yeah. Especially when it's kind of like movie stars, half the price of the admission is your dazzling eyes. I, I don't know. like them looking all gray and darty. No, <laughs> darty. And you see they're often open wide. So you see all the whites and then they're 
hairs kind of looks like a kelp forest and they've got yeah. little bubbles stuck to them and they're paler yeah. and yeah, no thanks. I mean, as I was watching it, even though I'm terrified of like drowning underwater, I did kind of think like I would like to be in a movie where I have to be like, oh, like getting a ladder figured out underwater. Underwater, it would yeah, be fun. Yeah, would that be fun? I know. This seems like it was a hell of a production. Imagine yeah. all the kind of cold water you'd have to do over and over and over. I think Rennie Harlan said it was the toughest movie he ever had to make. Man, it sounds like water is just water. nobody's friend. No, no fun. Because I guess stuff is getting... You can't nail stuff down or... Yeah. Right? Like, yeah. Um, the... Uh, uh, the uh, Skarsgård head, though, is very... There's a point that was very Ben Gardner-ish where oh, the yeah, head dropped right. down yeah. of the jaws of it all. Yeah. One more little and then I think the only other and there was many that we didn't mention, but the other like jaws was like the end kind of being like the two buddies. Yeah. Like, hey, it's just you and me, pal. And uh, someone wrote that they the sharks kind of die in the same order as the sharks in the Jaws movies. So blown up, electrocuted, blown up. <laughs> married divorced died <laughs> married divorced why did they do uh jaws for uh kill one of the sharks that like the spirit Sp- spirit with his well i think that was coming with the weekend workers ship you know yeah and then the- exploding from the spear of a ship <laughs> yeah um yeah the only other things i had was rapaport's cartoon cartoony death was pretty wild yeah yeah um, LL Cool J's Christian video testimonial at the end. Yeah, that makes it really seem like he was supposed to die at the end because I most agree. people don't get to leave testimonials like that. Unless I agree. You- and that was a strange bit of comedy that was like that was maybe a little one over the uh, just too much for me. Of like hit just the, his like yeah the serious message that turns into a recipe, it just oh, like right. I know this whole movie's fantastical, but that was one where it was just a little bit like ah we didn't bring it back in. Yeah, also all the preacher. It's such a such a funny thing. I know, like you have all the things you can choose a character to be, and like he wears a cross around his neck and believes in God, and it's that that gets him. To beat sharks up. <laughs> and then that, I don't mean to jump ahead, but that song over the credits. <laughs> is, is it from the perspective of the shark? I think that I hadn't thought about it, but it does. Should we search the lyrics? Yeah. Because that is the, the best question you can ask of all those movie tie-in songs. It's sort of like, whose perspective is this from? Uh, and that this was like two years after Men in Black where oh will smith right over here will you had just done the men in black (laughs) song over the credits so this was and wild wild west yeah oh the same summer yeah i've never seen wild wild west though i watched it a couple years ago for the first time it sounds like you liked it yeah i liked it lyrics to deepest bluest uh my hat is like a shark's fin Deepest bluest. My hat is like a shark's fin. Man-made terror. Hungry jaws of death. Y'all don't cross my depths. I'll pause for your breaths. I cause you to sink down 40,000 leagues, bleeding to death with no arms and short sleeves. (laughs) What? (laughs) My world's deep blue. Killers gotta eat too. 
Uh, other, this does sound like from the shark. Yeah, or like uh-huh. a human that's kind of like a shark. Looking for human <laughs> flesh to rip my teeth through. Other fish in the sea, but barracudas ain't equal. To a half-human predator created by a needle. Oh, it is about the shark in this, I guess. But he's thinking about how he's been genetically engineered. Oh, I guess so. Jet black eyes, baby, they stare while you sleep. When your Titanic sinks, I'm the one you're going to meet. Uh? Hearing terrified screams, they surround my team. All you see is trails of blood. Even God won't intervene. Nightmares of darkness. My appetite is heartless. Even if we related, you el- eliminated regardless. In the deep blue underwater walls, half man, half shark, my jaws don't fall. Um, this goes on please, for please keep going. So hours. Cool. <laughs> I don't know what to say. Like that, I, What I just read you was maybe an eighth of the song. <laughs> I'll see if there's any highlights. No, that just repeats. It's more potent than any eighth. <laughs> our father, who, <laughs> our, our father who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Killers sworn to beast, swallowed them in flames. They switched my DNA, tripped me into Cool J. I can't fight the feeling I'm born mm-hmm. to kill prey. To survive an attack, there's only one way. Battle to the death, that's how sharks play. Weapons left behind, we dueling with the mind. You blind, crippled or crazy, you're real easy to find struggling to flow with hemorrhages in your throat getting the lap dance while i smash through your boat i don't know what's happening here eat your whole fam nothing left but a right hand clinging to a rail escape attempts fail you'll never make it home to the flesh off your bone walking in undercurrents is a dangerous zone i'm talking death out of a moment's notice you wasn't focused me and my crew strike like some underwater locusts and then it Underwater locusts is so good. That should have been the name of the movie. I know. Then it repeats, and then it has a refrain of, uh, take it deeper, uh, uh, take it deeper. Hey, come on now. These waters ain't waist level. The hallway's flooded. Lost your scuba gear. The killer's cold-blooded. <laughs> Lost your scuba gear should never be in a, I know. any his, song. His, no. His, his name's LL. You don't really want it. I ate your ancestors. The ocean is haunted. I'm closing in because I'm supposed to win. How the cold still feel if froze your chin. Should... Should have stayed mm-hmm. on dry land, stroke while you can, because now you're under pressure in the land of the damned. Abandoned pirate ships, eels and sod scum. What? what? Fish that glow in the dark, that Titanic's hub. Underwater storms, your blood so warm, your life vest is off, and that turns me on. Killer for centuries. What? The Gaudy of the Deep. Like Charles Gotti? Is that his name? Who's that? The gangster? John oh, Gotti. Oh, oh, G-O-T-T-I. Yeah, the Gotti of the Deep. I'm in the next millennium. I'm still going to creep sand under my belly, ocean over my head through the light and the shadows. You become the living dead. And then it repeats the refrain. Wow. Wow. Hearing that, Matt, it made me want, I hope that's the first thing you read to your daughter when you put her down to sleep. It is now. Oh my God. Just that gentle poem, that lullaby, uh, lullaby, LL. Lullaby. L U L L Cool J. Lullaby. Cool J. Um, Jesus. This episode, more than anything, I think, has put me in touch with the idea that in the late 90s, whether it was the Ticket Takers or a reference in a song to Deep Blue Sea, late 90s was people were in the grip of Titanic mania. I really haven't thought about it in a while, but that was. Ghost Ship? Did that come out before or after? 
I think Ghost Ship is post-Titanic, and I wouldn't be surprised if it was because of Titanic's grand success that they were like, let's get Ghost Ship out there. We got to cover that on this show, because that has that amazing opening sequence. I've never seen Ghost I Ship. I won't say a thing. Ooh! I don't. I think the rest of the movie's not as great, but it has an opening sequence. Somebody... To die for! <laughs> Nicole Kidman's character from To Die For is <laughs> on the Ghost Ship. So this movie had two sequels. Guess when they were made? I found this out is pretty recent. 2018 and 2020, last year. Wow, they took a while. Here's the um, synopsis. A brilliant, this is part two. A brilliant billionaire creates five genetically altered bull sharks, which proceed to wreak havoc for a group of scientists on an isolated research facility. Okay, okay. <laughs> so that could be the description for the first movie. Nobody I recognize in these This is films. one of those sequels that it's been so long since the original, they can just completely yeah. repeat the original. That's right. Yeah. And Deep Blue Sea 3. Deep Blue 3. Gary Debussy 3. Uh, studying the... F <laughs> Sorry. Debussy 3. Deep Blue Something 3. What about... Uh, studying the effects of climate change off the coast of Mozambique, a marine biologist and her team confront three genetically enhanced bull sharks. Now a bloodbath is waiting to happen in the name of science. Will humans never learn? Wow. Easy. Anybody in this? Tanya Raymond. She looks familiar. What has she been in? Um, nobody, nobody else I recognize here. Yeah, there's no reoccurring character in the Deep Blue Sea. It's not Thomas Jane comes back and he's like, you need me again, huh, guys? I know. He, yeah, I guess he swore off sharks forever. I guess after an experience like that, I would. I would too. It makes sense. You should never see anyone like this in a sequel again. You know, like it's it's less believable that they'd come back. That's true. Yeah, yeah. Um, you got anything else? Um. No, just that when she died, that was a surprise for me. Yeah. And I was like, gosh, this movie uh, uh, had a lot of times. And it genuinely surprised me. Yep. Um, and yeah, no. Uh, uh, oh, the ridiculousness of that part when she has to get. First of all, I just love, I have to get the data cards. Oh, like yeah. anytime somebody in a movie yeah. has to get data cards or whatever. Yeah. But then when she strips down to her I underwear know. to get the data cards, it's so ridiculous. Well, it's because she's insulating herself from the electricity with a wetsuit that I don't believe is rubber. It's neoprene. Oh, like I don't think right. it would be she's insulating you from it. electricity. Also, it's caked in water. Water's everywhere. Yeah. I think both LL Cool J's first kill with the gas in the room and her electrical kill would have killed both, both of, them. of them. Yeah. 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 That yeah. Brody wouldn't have never done that. Brody would have no never way, put man. himself in a situation. No, he knew where... his electrical one on one basics. But I did like this idea of like an electrical charge connected to an explosive in a shark. But what's funny is he didn't explain that to LL Cool J. So L you see LL Cool J as an actor going, I have to justify this. So while the spool's being unraveled, he's like, hey, I wonder if what they were doing here, I see that there's a battery. I see there's a metal cable. Okay. Freddy is fire. Jason is water. What do we do with that? <laughs> Oddly enough, this genetic Mako shark is not water. He's air. <laughs> blown into the air. Well, who's your best kill? Um, 
I thought about it, and it's got to be the Samuel it Jackson, has to be. right? It can't even be one of those things of like, ah, it's over, it's overblown, yeah. you see it everywhere. I mean, that's one of the best kills in movie history. Yeah. I yeah. mean, top 100 for sure. Yeah. Um, really fantastic. Yeah. And if people watch the movie, that would be the thing that they probably would talk about. It's the thing that they would gif. They would make it a meme. Yeah. It's its own meme. Not many kills are memes. I mean, what are the famous Ooh. kill memes? Psycho, probably. Yeah. The opening up a shower curtain. Is yeah. A, is, but, um, Ooh, that's a good question. I I was thinking for a while about um, um, when a line of dialogue becomes famous because it um, perfectly evokes the attitude of the movie. And so mm. that's like why people like to quote it. Like I was thinking about um, Airplane being, surely you can't be serious. Oh, it's yeah. like, oh, the combination of the play on word, but also serious being in there yeah like the word serious and kind of how that movie is like about like everything's played super straight yeah. but it's like super oh, so serious being in there for some other like word that i was just like oh you could write a or another catchphrase that it's like it usually is about like um the spirit of the movie is in that line. And that's yeah. like partly why people want to quote it. But like, why was I talking about this? Cause deep blue sea with, uh, well, he says deep blue sea at one point. He has yes. that like poetic, I can't remember what it oh was. Oh my gosh. Thomas um, Jane does. Yeah. Deep blue, perfect storm. sea. Oh, perfect. I've, I haven't seen the perfect storm. I haven't either. Mm. Mm. All right. Well, okay. if, if storms end up being yeah. a thing we want to talk about being scary and the X-Men movies and deep <laughs> uh, perfect storm. Well, out of 13, <clears throat> keeping in mind, let's see, we've given, Oh, Gorley. Next time I thought about this, this would be yeah. good. We should do just as an experiment, the top of an episode say what we've ranked the oh. ones yet. So it, it's sort of in our brains as we're talking about it. And then and see then, if we want to alter it at the oh, end. Oh, 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 I just meant the previous ones. Like we don't give the number oh. at the beginning. It's just like, I see. Hey, just so people who are gathering uh, or, or. That's a good idea. Just to refresh. Uh, Remind me. Yeah. Okay. So we both gave Jaws a perfect score of 13 and 13. Jaws 2 got a 9.5 from me and a 9 from you. Jaws 3 got, oops. Uh, I gave it a 4.5 and so did you. <laughs> really did not like that movie. Uh, Jaws the Revenge, I gave a 7 and you gave it a 6. And here we are to Deep Blue Sea. Yes. And I will say about Jaws 3D, uh, the thing that would keep me coming back is the era is so great and the fashions yeah. and the style. The thing that really makes it hard is just it's... That 3D thing, it's it looks so blurry and it's out so, of focus. Yeah, plasticky I can't, and yeah. It's really hard for me to like not um I wish it looked clearer. Yeah. Basically, uh, but okay, so um I got mine. I got mine. Okay. I'm gonna go with a ten. <gasps> Whoa, I'm a nine. I think I liked it more than Jaws 2. I was putting it next to Jaws 2, and I still think I like Jaws 2 a little bit more, but yeah. I really did like this movie. Pretty high score for this movie. 
I know. For some, uh, uh, this movie might be a movie that they rake over the coals. Yeah, that's true. But I think it's got a fairly good reputation as a as a entertainment genre, yeah. like really solid genre movie. It has grown. Like I eventually wanted to watch it because it did feel like the way people would talk about it was that it was like a well done, fun, yeah, movie. And I do yeah. remember when we were going to see it understanding that it was a shitty genre movie and all of us coming out going despite ourselves kind of going like, cause we were at like peak shit on movies that are not good age, you know, that kind uh-huh. of horrible thing, yeah. especially young men like in college or, you know, yeah. and we all came out like that was really fun. Yeah. I remember that being like the attitude of the summer maybe is what I'm recalling now is like hearing that it was like not bad. That yeah. Is, yeah. Entertaining. So next week is open water. Who now? Whereas uh, I haven't seen Me that either, but it seems like it's going to be a tad bit more serious. I think so. Yeah, than this, so, than this deep blue sea. That's that's that. Then the week after will be the trustee chosen one. So I'll put up yeah. a poll soon in the trustees, and that will be. I think what we were spitballing on there was the shallows. 47 meters down. We maybe also mm-hmm. throw in Day of the Dolphin in there. Who knows? Sure. Whatever. And then we got Orca. Yes. Piranha. Piranha. And then maybe we close out with Cruel Jaws. We clamp out with we, Cruel Jaws. We clasp Jaws. out. God, why do I want to call it clamp? It's better. I mean, clampers is better, I think. It's less gross yeah. than claspers. Sorry. The S sound is yeah. Yeah, <laughs> terrible. Well, another another uh, honest day's work. <laughs> yeah, that was fun. Well done. Yeah, that was really good. And uh, uh, um, Rennie, if you're listening, great great job with this, man. Yeah. Well, will you let Rennie know that we really like this movie? No, he won't no? do it. He won't. That's weird. Weird attitude. Weird. Is it because we haven't like talked to you in a few? I episodes? know. I feel that. I feel a little bit bad. Yeah. But the understanding you told us, like you, you want to be invisible here. Yeah. He's writing all this on a dry erase board on the windows. Actually, he's writing it on the windows. I love you guys, but sometimes you can be a little much. Ooh, What's that mean? Jeez. Well, sorry. Well, like, <laughs> okay. Let me refer you to Men in Black too. Oh, sorry. Oh my. This is getting tense. <laughs> A little much, Men in Black 2 was notoriously short. I guess it was under... I didn't mean length, Will. I just meant in chewing the scenery. I don't want to get into this because I think we're better than this. I hear you. I hear you on that. I should have waited until we were done recording to bring this. Yes. It's okay. I'm sorry, too. We're sorry, Will. Wait, I wasn't apologizing. Oh, oh Jesus wow. Christ. Oh, my God. <laughs> to be continued. <laughs> we'll see you next yeah, week. Yeah, bye. Bye. <laughs> <laughs> For more Gorley and Rust content, head over to patreon.com slash with Gorley and Rust to get episodes ad-free and a whole week early, plus monthly mailbag episodes and feature-length watch-along film commentaries of your favorite horror classics. That's patreon.com slash withgorleyandrust. Email us at withgorleyandrust at gmail.com and your questions might be featured on a future mailbag episode. With Gorley and Rust theme song by me, Matt Gorley, and performed by Townland. You can find us on Instagram as Townland Band, as well as Paul's fantastic band at Don't Stop or We'll Die. And why not rate and review with Gorley and Rust on Apple Podcasts? 
It'll help us grow the show and keep us trucking through the Jasons and the Michaels, the Leatherfaces and the Chuckies, the Aliens and the Candymans. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50% to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods, for 50% to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns.